Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Well, you know, it's going to be a good week when you forget to pull your microphone over. <laughs> it's sitting across the desk. I'm looking at my mic going, huh, that's where it normally sits while I'm working, right? So I, I do all my work during uh, you know, the, the time when I'm not on the show. I'm looking at my mic, and I'm looking at the clock. There's like 15 seconds left. I'm going, oh, I better pull this thing over. I'm not going to have much of a show. <laughs> but you can tell when I first started, it was a little bit quiet, but that's okay. We'll fix that, turn the volume a little bit, and I'll sound like my, my normal self. So Monday mornings are always crazy um, because I have so much information. I almost, I probably have enough for the whole week already um, because there's so many things happening. No, it's not the regular news. No, I don't do headlines. No, I don't, you know, report on the latest murder or the latest uh, flood or, or whatever the sensational news is. That's not what I'm into. I mean, this shows for analysis. This shows things that uh, most people don't talk about or haven't thought to talk about. Or, or whatever, you know, and, and of course, related to our legislation as much as possible. Speaking of legislation, we have been hacked again, and uh, my website, writeyourlaws.com, uh, is disabled once more. Um, I've got a, a, a security brief from uh, for these folks with, like, lines and lines of code that have been put in. Someone's really trying to shut us down. So if you haven't shared the show and if you haven't uh, shared all our bills, then uh, the way things are going, you're not going to be able to. So if you ever want to help have your country recover, uh, instead of listening to people complain all the time, uh, then you better help us out because this is, we're where the action is. I mean, it's just that simple. This is where the action is. This is where the technology is, or for now at least, um, to, to write the laws that will fix our country. And that's what we do here. And so that's why we're such a threat to the deep state, which is already closed us down twice in a week. <laughs> you know, this is serious. That they do not want me around. Okay, so now it's pretty obvious that uh, we're definitely having an effect out there. So I'm going to keep going. That, you know me. I, if, you, if you're trying to shut me down, I just get madder. <laughs> I just get more upset. I just get, uh, you know, it's like, okay, is that, is that all you got? What else you got? Shut my website down, I'm going to get back again. Shut it down, I'm going to get it back again. Um, you know, it's like, uh, and so much of this stuff is in my head anyway, so it's, it's pretty incredible um, how all this stuff floats around. But, yeah, I'm, you know, hey, it's in the cloud, baby. I can fix it. <laughs> you know, it's not that big a deal. So members of the deep state um, who are listening, uh, the FBI, KGB, uh, and any other secret police force, oppressive force, deep state cabal, or anybody else who stole the, the 2020 election, um, your days are numbered. You know, we're going to win uh, because we're right and you're wrong, you know, and you know you're wrong. And so I had this really interesting thought um, before the show. It, it occurred to me that the, uh, the powers that uh, be, the deep state, uh, the, the demgops, you know, that would be the Democrats and the GOP, the geldings, um, are looking really guilty right now. They are not behaving as innocent people. You know, they're doing everything possible to shut down Trump. Well, why? Why would you want to shut down Trump? You know, what, just because you think, uh, just because you don't want him in power? Uh, you know, I thought about that for a while. I thought, you know what, there's got to be more to it. I mean, yeah, I mean, they can always work against him. They can campaign against him. They can put ads against him. They can do their PR stuff against him. You know, they can do all the stuff they normally do against him. You know, they can, they can show pictures of, you know, Republicans pushing grandma over the cliff, which they've done. They can do all that stuff. But they're not doing that with Trump. Trump has a particular... Um, fear, paranoia, animosity, outright anger and fury. I think they're scared. <laughs> I, think, I think what's really going on here, and this is, we're going to go on a limb here as we always do, it's not that the Democrats are worried about Trump taking power so that he will go after the deep state. 
they're worried about Trump taking power because they're all going to have their asses thrown in jail for, for causing an insurrection. And so it, this stuff seems to have ratcheted up since Trump started saying, I'm going to reform the deep state. I'm going to get rid of all these people. We're going to purge the government of all these uh, corrupt criminals. Now, don't get this confused, uh, get it confused with all the stuff that people are saying. You know, uh, Josie in particular is an advocate of this view, that uh, the military intelligence and uh, Trump are going to come riding in and they're just waiting to gather evidence and they're going to arrest everybody. That's partially true, but I don't think that's real, what's really going on. They're expecting some massive sweep and everybody caught up in it. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. Certainly not, it's not going to happen. Uh, they're not going to take over the government. Uh, which is what a lot of people want. No, I don't want the, I don't want Trump and the and the military taking over the government any more than I want the deep state, you know, Democrat Republicans taking over. I don't want anybody taking over the government. Government's not supposed to be taken over. It's supposed to be run by us. We the people, you know, us. We're the, we're supposed to run the government. And so the way we do that is writing the laws that we consent to be governed by. That's what Action Radio is all about. So we are actually right in line with the founders. We're right in line with the principles of this country. We're right in line with the Constitution. We're doing everything I think proper and right and just and, and legal, you know, for advocating our positions. The deep state, though, is another matter. So it seems to me, I got to get a psychologist. I, I recently met somebody, uh, uh, one of my Facebook friends, who, who knows psychology, philosophy, you know, knows all this kind of stuff, knows the players, knows like the, the ancient players, the modern players. And so we'll be talking. We're definitely going to be talking. But if you think about it, um, projection. Projections when you put something onto somebody else that you can't stand about yourself. All right, uh, it's like uh, liberals. You know, they they say, well, you better take the guns away the, 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 from the conservatives that might kill people. Right. So what are they really worried about? They're worried about themselves killing people. See, leftists who are, who are naturally violent. I um, mean, take a look at any leftist organization; they're naturally violent. Antifa, Black Lives Matter, the KKK, the Democrat Party. You know, the Weather Underground, Students for Democrat Society. I mean, I, I could go through the list, right? It's a long list of, of violent leftists in this country, all right? And so the, the leftists that are violent, that, you know, don't want to be violent, they can't control themselves. Well, they say, you better take guns away from the conservatives who are generally pretty peaceful. <laughs> we don't cause, you know, I mean, who's, who's doing the murders these days? You know, trans folks, uh, other people, leftists. The, most of the shootings are done by leftists. People that have gone through the, uh, the ADHD drugs to the uh, antidepressant drugs to the trans drugs. And by the time they get through all that and the surgeries, they're really horribly messed up. And it's all the fault of leftists. Leftist psychology, leftist drug treatments, leftist political ideology, leftist groups, leftist everything. So the leftists are causing all these problems. Leftists are creating murderers. Well, they don't want to think of themselves as creating murderers. So they say it's conservatives. It's the right wing. The peaceful right wing. The peaceful and calm right wing that you know, goes to church, works hard raises families and wants to stay out of all this stuff, right? So it's kind of funny. It's kind of laughable, but it's kind of sad uh, because they're getting away with it. And so my theory is that's the projection theory. The other theory is, is um, it, it's pretty well known that uh, if you accuse somebody of doing something wrong, and I remember a neighbor who I knew, you know, took a screwdriver to my, my car tires. I just knew it because he was that kind of guy, you know, he just reeked of guilt. And, and I said, so I, I know you stabbed my car with, uh, with your screwdriver. I can't prove it because I don't have a video, but I know you did it. How dare you accuse me of that? Rah, rah, you have no evidence. Rah, rah. I said, okay, fine. I said, I, now, I said, now I know you did it because you didn't deny it. If you denied it, I said, no, I didn't do that. Why would I do that to you? No, I never did that. You said, how can you accuse me? That's what a guilty person says. How dare you accuse me 
of, of, of puncturing your tires with, a, with my screwdriver, which, of course, he carried all the time, right? Because tool belt the whole bit, right? So how can you accuse me of that? Well, because, A, you hate me, and, B, uh, you, you, you're just enough psych, psychotic enough to do it. <laughs> I said, that's why. Now he really got mad. I said, look at that anger. Now I know you did it. You just confessed. You know, I mean, see, you can, you can get these people by just, uh, you know, playing with their mind, which what little there is you have to work with. Um, but uh, that's what a guilty person says. A guilty person says, how dare you accuse me? And then an innocent person says, of course I didn't do it. You know, they don't say, and you can't prove it because they know you can't prove it. <laughs> and that's the thing. When you know somebody can't prove something, you don't have to tell them they can't prove it because you know. All right. If you know that the election of 2020 was free and fair, you don't have to keep proving it. If you know the election of 2020 was free and fair. You don't have to keep telling people they can't question it because you know it's free and fair. It's only if you know it was stolen do you stop people from questioning it. It's only if you know it was stolen do you try and arrest the Trump electors as just happened in Michigan. It's only if you know it was stolen would you have an entire committee of Democrat and a couple of Republican deep state leftist geldings for a year with a Hollywood production telling people that the election was free and fair. If you know it's fair, you don't have to do any of that because there's nothing to prove. It's a free and fair election. It's only when it's not a free and fair election that you have to go through all these extraneous measures to try and show people it was a free and fair election because you don't think they believe it. And in fact, we don't. There's a lot of things we don't believe. We know the election was stolen. How do we know? Because the left keeps showing us that the election was stolen, all right? Everything they do with Brandon, uh, everything they do with the D.C. Gulag, everybody they arrest, every action they take, every prosecution of Trump, every impeachment, every, everything they do proves that we know they know the election was stolen. They wouldn't do any of that stuff if they didn't know the election was stolen. So what are they worried about? What's, what's the problem with stealing the election? Well, <laughs> It's illegal, okay? It's an insurrection. It's called overthrowing the government, and it means you can never run for office again. So all these people that stole the government, whether they're deep state or whatever they are, they can't run for office again. What about all the people serving in government? Well, if you steal the government, if you overthrow the government, commit an insurrection, and you're a government employee, you're never going to work again. You're going to lose your pension. You're probably going to end up in jail for the rest of your natural life. See, that's what these people are worried about. They're worried about their pension, their income, and their freedom, being able to, you know, walk freely, you know, barefoot in the grass, you know, with uh, knowing, well, they stole the government. <laughs> okay. So that's why they're acting guilty as hell, which I think is fascinating. And so the defense, I'm going to ask Jonathan about this when he comes on uh, at the top of the hour. Uh, apparently there isn't a law, you know, where you have to prove standing, you know, to bring a lawsuit. You have to prove standing to bring a, a civil lawsuit. But if you're the government, you don't have to prove standing, you know, that you're actually in a position to bring the lawsuit. And I see that or, or bring, a, bring a, an arrest or a prosecution. See, I think they should have to do that. If everybody has to, uh, if, you have to if you have to show standing to bring a, a civil lawsuit, then the government should have to show standing to actually bring a case and show that they're not actually involved in the crime themselves. So that's what gets interesting, right? So this, is, this, uh, this whole thing is fascinating to me. So we shall see what's going on. So we've got... Um, it's summertime, so it's a little quiet out there. I understand that. You know, not a big deal. We'll be, uh, we'll be fine. You know, we'll, uh, um, but uh, yeah, we've got, uh, hopefully, Mark will join us, you know, and it's going to get busier, I think. Well, kids go back to school in a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks. 
So you've got the last week of, of July, then you've got a couple of weeks in August. Um, then maybe between August and September, kids start going back to school. Well, once kids go back to school and the weather gets a little cooler, people start getting active, and work gets done. <laughs> There's only two times that work gets done, between uh, September 1st and Halloween. Uh, that's the end of October, so two months. <laughs> that's it. That's the only time work gets done. Because after Halloween, you've got Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving, you've got Christmas and then New Year's. And then you've got January. It's too cold to do anything. So nobody gets work done then. But then sometime around the end of January, they still have to get some work done. So then they work till about, I don't know, Memorial Day. That's it. <laughs> you know. So there's only two times that work get done, from Labor Day to Halloween, and then from probably Martin Luther King Day um, to Memorial Day. That's it. Of course, no, no, no work has done in the summertime, right? So it's only about three or four months. Let's say, let's say four months of the year that work actually gets done. So, so we're, gonna, we're coming into one of those periods where work actually gets done in the fall. That's it. So it should be interesting. All right. So let's get to a couple different things uh, here. I, had, I wrote down some stuff. Uh, the first thing I wrote down, why are the Democrat, you know, GOP, deep state officials behaving so guilty? Well, I've kind of covered that. So I wrote this down here. And uh, it's, it's probably going to be the first uh, paragraph of my next substack. I said, every action of the Democrats shows they are guilty of a coup and scared that Trump will put them all in jail. They have no defense as all of the forensic evidence is out there. The computer records, the voting records, the voter registrations, now January 6th films of peaceful protesters. There really is no evidence Trump staged a coup and tons that the Democrat GOP deep state did. All these bogus prosecutions, hearings, the J6 committee, and every other action of the deep state uh, is to keep Trump from becoming president, not to cancel the deep state, but to, but to put the entire coup in jail for the rest of their natural lives, which is, of course, what should happen. Let me see if I wrote that correctly. All these bogus prosecutions, hearings, the January 6th committee, and every other action of the deep state is to keep Trump from becoming president, which is true, not to cancel the deep state but to put the entire coup in jail. See, that's what Trump's going to do. When he, come, when he becomes president, is he going to cancel the deep state? Mm, yeah, maybe. But he's, what he's really going to do is throw a whole bunch of people in jail. And again, not the military you know, intelligence takeover, not the, the riding in on the White House, not, the, you know, not the, the arresting, the mass arrest and all that kind of stuff. Oh, there might be mass arrest. Who knows? But he's going to do it legally and properly. And he's going to do it with hopefully Mike Flynn as attorney general. So that's what I see happening. Um, I think it's going to be fascinating. I think it's going to be amazing to watch. Uh, I think uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, my fear, of course, is for Trump's life because the deep state doesn't care. Um, my, uh, another concern for my own business, because I'm not powerful enough to take on the deep state, uh, as I'm just one person out here, uh, and we don't have the support that we would normally have, um, given the, the kind of work that we do, which is kind of interesting. All right, let me see. Uh, I've got a couple other questions here. Let's, let's get to, um, I, I got a bunch of things I want to cover today. So let's get to a press release. So I made a press release a while back. And let me just bring it out here. Let's bring it out there and, and move this over here a little bit. All right, there we go. So you know me. <laughs> I always like to bring things out um, earlier just to say, hey, we were there. And I don't know if it's a good idea for radio or not or a good tactic or not. But uh, I feel compelled to show far, how far ahead we were compared to everybody else. Now, one of the smartest people I know is, is Dick Morris. And Dick Morris has been talking about a, um, a boycott, a shutdown. He's talking about the House of Representatives, you know, not passing any bills, not, uh, you know, funding any departments, not uh, sending any budget resolutions or any uh, appropriations bills, nothing. Basically, shut down the government until the prosecutions against Donald Trump stop. 
Now, it's interesting he should say that now because we said that back when Congress first took office back in January of uh, 2023. Yeah, midterms were November 2022. So January 2023, so no, it's the beginning of this year, which was, what, seven months ago? We were saying, hey, <laughs> you know, uh, now that you won the House, you got to do something. You got to shut the government down uh, until Brandon's out of the, out of the White House. But at this point, Trump could then take over. Uh, the remainder of his term, and still run for office in 2024 because he'll serve, he'll serve less than two terms. So as of January 21st, Trump was eligible under the 22nd Amendment to uh, take his office, and that's it. You know, he, he'd be president and then run again because, of course, A, his, tr- his term was stolen, and B, he'd have less than two years. And because he has less than two years, 22nd Amendment says that doesn't count as a full term. So back up even further. <laughs> September 7th, 2022, uh, two months before the November elections, we came out with a press conference. And I said, there is no reason to vote for the gelding old party, that'd be the GOP, until they actually prove they will do something to change things. And they've lived up to my lowest expectations. They haven't really changed anything. They haven't really done anything. Um, They've held a couple of hearings, but uh, nobody's been arrested. No programs have changed. No programs have been canceled. So they've done nothing. I mean, anybody can hold a hearing. Yeah, I still remember what Gates, uh, Matt Gates said. At, uh, at the last rally, he was really proud of the fact that um, that he gets up there to, and he gets to ask his five minutes of questions. And I'm thinking that's really great, but what are you going to do with those five minutes of questions? Are they going to result in an investigation or or an arrest or a conviction or or a program that's gotten rid of? In fact, are they going to result in anything? And so far, the answer is no. I mean, he's, he's got some occasionally a good bill out there. But as far as something directly from the investigations as, as arresting deep state people, changing policies, changing people, changing anything, really, the answer is no, nothing has changed. So I'm going to go through this, uh, take a little break and go through some more stuff. And then we'll get to uh, Jonathan at the top of the hour. Press release, September 7th, 2022. Immediate release. There is no reason to vote for the gelding old party, that would be the GOP, until they actually prove they will do something to change things. I wrote, if the Geldings can't take the following simple actions, there's no reason to vote for them in November. Again, this is two months before the 2022 elections. I said they aren't the lesser of two evils. They are the two evils with the Democrats. And the saying, we'll get them next time, is done. So let's see if the Geldings take my suggestions and pledge to do the following should they actually take Congress. My fear is that they will win and then give power back to the Democrats, as they did in 2018 and 2020, by letting the Democrats overturn the seats in a fraudulent count after the election. Or that Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy will take their orders from the Democrat globalist permanent war class, and any GOP win will mean nothing, just like when uh, Paul Ryan was Speaker of the House. So yeah, he was pretty terrible. So here are the demands. Things I want the GOP to do. And again, I'll go over this, and then we'll talk about some other uh, Actually, you know what? Let me take a quick break before I do that. Play our um, intro with all the information uh, that's available to you. That's how we do our stuff here. What is it now? 719? 719? 719? Info. I'll be right back. Here is your Action Radio contact and website information. The call-in line is 215-383-3832. Our show site is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Same link, live and a podcast. Please share all our shows. We have live chat at the bottom of the broadcast page available worldwide. 
sign in to your free account and type away. We have an internet Skype line where you can call the show worldwide also. Please see the broadcast page for our Skype name. Call in during the show to get approved. Our bill writing site is writeyourlaws.com. W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. Writeyourlaws.com. This is where anyone can write a bill and start the process of it becoming law. My paid and free subscription column is at gregpenglis.substack.com. Please consider a paid subscription of $5 per month or greater. For contributions to Action Radio, please go to givesendgo.com slash actionradio. We have over 20 Action Radio Facebook groups. Use the Facebook search window by putting in Action Radio to find our groups. My public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com. Please contact me about advertising on Action Radio and helping our mission of freedom. Thank you for listening. production things. Okay, so back here. Uh, let me uh, turn the volume again. Volume's a little crazy. Hope they, 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 well, I'm not sure what they sound like for you. Anyway, so this is my press release from uh, 722, and that would be is it 722? 9-7-22. So that would be September 7th, 2022, right before the 2022 midterms in November. So, six, there are things, not six, but there are things that uh, need to be done. Uh, the first one I listed was there are six battleground states with outstanding and valid Trump electors put forward by the state legislatures. They must be certified. The Brandon electors decertified and the election correction elector score announced of Trump at 316 and Brandon at 222. Then arrest all the leaders of the coup d'etat and anyone involved in any vote fraud. This could be a huge amount of people nationally. <laughs> and then I wrote, oh, well, um, this is the key. This is the linchpin. This is the whole reason the Democrats are still going crazy. You know, they've, uh, they know that they can lose at any time. And only by uh, the fact that they're still intimidating the states out there not to, not to certify their, brand, their Trump electors is the only thing keeping Brandon in office illegally. So, see, they know it's illegal. Everybody, everybody knows it's illegal. They just don't want to do anything about it. The Republicans all know he's there illegally. They still call him President Biden anyway, which is insane. Nobody calls, no one says President Biden on my show because it's not true. I'm not going to sit here and suffer that kind of hypocrisy. So it's fascinating to me that the Republican state legislatures have not certified their Brandon electors because they, that would put Trump in the White House anytime. They could do it. They don't. Why don't they? Are they, are they that much part of the deep state? Are they that afraid? Are they, what? They might be called a racist? Is that what this all comes down to? But the thing is that the Republicans have to pass the, uh, the state legislatures have to put forward their brand and electors. Now, systematically, they're going to be picked off and, and gotten rid of uh, in the sense that they'll be politically ineffective. No, I mean, they'll still be around. I mean, alive as far as I know. But uh, the Michigan attorney general is going after the Trump electors, saying that they're fraudulent electors, that they committed forgery when they signed, you know, the form saying that they would uh, vote for Trump and that they're, they're electors. Well, that's not a forgery. It's their own signature. You, you, you know, if you sign your own signature, that's not a forgery. <laughs> okay? That's just signing your own signature. Uh, is it a forged document? No, the electric documents are real too. So what is this all about? This is about 
making it so that the Trump electors cannot be certified. That's what all this is about. That's what the January 6th hearing is about. That's what all the propaganda is about. That's what all the discrediting the state audits and uh, all the actions by all these different people, you know, in the, 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 the Secretary of State positions and all the different places we have, the election clerks, everything is to make sure that the Trump electors don't get certified. Because once they do, Brandon's out and their asses are in jail. <laughs> so that's it. So that's what they're really afraid of. Because they're acting so guilty. You know, why would you, if the election was free and fair and you knew it, why would you go after the Trump electors? They don't have any effect. Because the Brandon electors are, are obviously the right ones, right? No, they're not. And we know that they know that the Brandon electors aren't the real ones because they're still going after the Trump electors. They're going to have to go after the Trump electors in all the states because any state is still free to put those Trump electors out there. And they know it. Again. They're behaving as if they, they did the coup, which is what usually most people do. When you look at people long enough, the guilt starts to wear on them, and uh, they start making mistakes. See, they're already making mistakes, right? Next one. Every GOP member of the House and Senate needs to storm the D.C. jail, carrying writs of habeas corpus to set the political prisoners free, where their only crime was participating in a well-organized deep state Capitol Hill invitational walk-in. They need to uh, discla- declare hearings. Uh, what do we got here? Declare hearings to find out what happened for seven hours under the Capitol where the real coup took place and Brandon got certified somehow. All right, let me break that down. D.C. jail is a political prison holding D.C., uh, holding uh, January 6th uh, Trump supporters who simply walked in or near the Capitol building on January 6th. That's their only crime. They have to prosecute these people to make an example of them. They have to make an example of them so no one else rises up against the deep state. Why? Because they know they stole the election. And the fact that these people are, are protesting gives credence to the idea that Brandon, did, Brandon didn't win a free and fair election. Well, see, that perception that Brandon didn't win a free and fair election is wearing on them. See, they thought they'd, they'd get away with it. They thought everybody would believe it. You know, they said no questions, that everything would be fine. And by now, nobody would be objecting. Well, they didn't count on a few things that happened. They didn't count on the Arizona audit. They tried to get rid of that, right? They didn't count on all the evidence coming out of uh, Maricopa County of fraud, of the bad machines, everything else. They didn't count on Mike Lindell, right? They didn't count on, on uh, the hearings with Jen Ellis and uh, Rudy Giuliani. They didn't count on... You know, what, 50,000 affidavits saying there was problems with the election. Uh, they didn't count the American people, you know, saying, you know what, ah, I think there might be something to do this. <laughs> you know, they didn't count any of that stuff. They thought they'd get away with the coup and that they could uh, exist in a condition where nobody questioned them. Everybody just assumed that the, 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 the Brandon won the election. Well, we don't. And that doubt is starting to show on them. And they're starting to look really guilty. Third one, promise to end all COVID emergency declarations. Okay, that was done so far, I think, emergency use authorizations that hasn't been done, and hold hearings from non-government doctors to detail how over a million lives were lost for nothing through denying early treatments because big government and big pharma twisted the law and manipulated the population, all in order to sell a dangerous messenger RNA shot. That is true. And so that's the question. Where's Where's the COVID hearing? Where's the COVID hearing? Where's the pandemic follow-up hearing? There isn't one. There hasn't been one. So not only do we not have a, um, a committee on the stolen election, which we should have, we don't have a pandemic review committee. Nobody's reviewing it. Well, they should review everything, the pandemic playbook, you know, Dr. Fascist, 
Uh, they should review all the decisions that were made. They should be reviewing everything, all the speeches, everything, all the claims that were made. You know, especially now when they've got this lawsuit uh, against misinformation. So misinformation is what the government says is misinformation. Now, when they say information is take remdesivir and go on a ventilator and almost a million people die, that's okay because that's information. When they say that misinformation is hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, early treatments, which save millions of people, that's misinformation. Okay? So if you've got to straight, misinformation saves people, information kills people, according to the government. That's their standard. All right? So if it's government misinformation and they call it information, then it's okay. But if, if a private group or a private person has information, the government can call it misinformation, even though it can save lives. And if you can figure that one out, you're doing better than I am. But that's where we stand. Good morning, Marco. All right, good afternoon, Marco. Marco's in the Netherlands. All right, what else we got here? Number four, Congress controls interstate commerce, which means Congress can overturn and revoke all California and other state bans on organic-fueled engines. Organic fuel. It's what you're all calling, still calling fossil fuel. Time to change that. The Geldings, that's the GOP, have to announce that they will revoke California's ban on banning gas-powered cars, especially you know, when they use the same fuel uh, type to power their electric generators. Banning a legal fuel is a violation of the Fourth Amendment seizure rights and a 14th Amendment equal protection law. So in other words, we have the equal protection to equally use the energy source of our choice. They can't ban gas stoves. They can't, they, they can't force us to do electric cars. They're banning a power source, a legal power source. Well, they can't do that. <laughs> you know, government can't just ban you know, uh, your gas. They can't ban how you cook. But who do they think they are? So since Congress controls interstate commerce, they could stop this immediately. But they haven't done it. Why? Because they're geldings. So here's another failure, failure of the Republican Party to do their job to stop Brandon's wacko green agenda. The fact that they're still banning gas stoves means they're failed, okay? <sighs> California has a ban on uh, gas-powered vehicles. I think it's supposed to be all electric by a certain time, 2030 maybe. That's insane. You know, in our Australian Bill of Rights, which you'll be able to see when the website's back, uh, we talk about uh, energy choice. Uh, we talk about the freedom to determine the energy that you use, the freedom to live as you choose, the freedom to uh, be free of uh, intrusive technology. And all these things are in there. Number five, the Geldings have to announce a national constitutional carry bill called the National Second Amendment Compliance and Rights Restoration Act that revokes any infringement on the owning and carrying of any firearm in any place open to the public. What that means very simply uh, is national uh, constitutional open carry. And they have to do that. And they have to, you know, and they, and they can because it's in the, you know, it's in the Bill of Rights. The government can't touch your ability to own and carry firearms, right? It's in the 14th Amendment. We get the equal protection of the laws. You know, so everybody has the same equal protection when it comes to firearms. We, we can't live in a society where the government gets all the guns they want and the people don't. Well, that's not the equal protection of the laws. That's protecting the government above the people. Well, that's, if, if the Constitution does anything, it reverses that and says the people are protected over the government. That's just how it works. That was pretty simple, but it would be nice to have. Restore the rules. This is number six. Restore the rules in the Senate on reconciliation bills so they actually are reconciling uh, with budget acts. No more standalone bills being called reconciliation to violate and get around a filibuster. All right, so that's a bunch of legal EU con, you know, Congress EU, it's a bunch of stuff. All right, a reconciliation bill, I know that sounds complicated, is a bill that reconciles. 
In other words, it justifies. It uh, it um, takes you know column A and column B and and makes them equal <laughs> somehow. So in other words, if you have too much expense in one place and you know you've got something in another and it's not quite right and you got to flip it around, you need more money in the other place and you reconcile it. You move the money and that's that's the reconciliation bill. It does not require majority uh, or uh, a two, uh, cloture vote, a sixty vote in the Senate. But most of these bills are not reconciliation bills. They're just bill, they're spending bills, so they're calling that, so they don't have the 60-vote uh, threshold. So that's a problem. That's going to be changed. That's kind of inside baseball stuff. Let me skip that one. Number seven, announced that if the Marxist Biden tries to engage in graduate student welfare by abolishing duly contracted student loans, that they will simply reinstate those loans through an act of Congress. All right? So that's what they needed to do. It's pretty simple that the, uh, the geldings, needed to say to Brandon, you know, he, first of all, the Supreme Court overturned it, but it shouldn't have been done by Congress. Congress should have said, you're not going to stop the student loans. These people made a contract. They're going to pay them. And that's how it works. So they should have immediately passed a law that the president cannot touch student loans. And what they should do is get the student loans out of the government because that's where all this starts. They need to put student loans back in a private corporation or have student loans done by the university um, where people are going. Just like we can get a mortgage from the bank. You don't get a mortgage from the bank of, of your choice that uh, is owned by your friends or whatever. You know, if you go to the bank, covers that. I guess covers that area. Maybe it doesn't work that way. I'm not sure. Maybe that's not a good example. I'm, I think, a little out of it today because I was exhausted yesterday. I was working all day. It was very hot. I think I'm probably a little dehydrated, but uh, I shall do my best to, to remain coherent. So if anybody thinks, hey, Greg, you're a little off today, that's why. So working on that. All right. And plus, we have a lot of complex material. Ah, what else? That's a bad rule. Um, here we go. Here's number seven. Announce that if the Marxist Biden tries to engage, oh, I already said that one. The, yeah. In other words, uh, I'm calling loans graduate student welfare, revoking student loans. Congress needs to say, look, you know, or if Brandon tries or has tried to do that with this latest proposal, Congress says we're just reinstating them. These loans go back in, and they can do that because they make the legislation. Do, do, do. This one's pretty general. Number nine. From promise to revoke and reverse by acts of Congress everything that Brandon has done since illegally occupying the White House. So that's the thing, too. All his executive orders, all his military deployments, everything. Congress should say, no, you don't get to do a single thing. You're an illegal president. You shouldn't be there, uh, just like an illegal alien, so we're going to revoke everything you do. And they can do it. But they don't do it. (laughs) That's the problem. They don't do it. They don't fight back. Just a bunch of weenie little crybabies. All right, there we go. What else we got here? Oh, this one's kind of a fun one. Give the Western states back all federal land illegally usurped, controlled, and occupied uh, in their states. So we had Roger Roots on for a couple of hours. Uh, this is a while back. And what we talked about was all these states uh, that have federal land, uh, and that land is actually state land. Um, the feds took it, usurped it, but they have no power to keep it. It's not theirs. So the states can take over all the federal land anytime they want and kick out the feds. That's what they need to do. I think I said, then I got my usual bills here at the bottom of this press, uh, press release. Vaccine product liability, ending big tech censorship, uh, constitutional amendment, Congress can't borrow money, and disarming the federal government of their unconstitutional armaments. And so those we've talked about too. Uh, the disarming bill is actually kind of interesting. So it takes all the guns from the 287,000 armed agents that uh, are now basically 14 divisions of soldiers, right? And it takes all the guns, you know, unless they're specifically engaged in the three federal crimes, the real three federal crimes, the ones in the Constitution, piracy, um, treason, and counterfeiting, uh, of which only counterfeiting 
you know, has a regular uh, job piracy happens on the high seas or in the air, and the military can handle that. So that, you know, bureaucrats don't need guns. Um, uh, counterfeiting is handled by the Secret Service. And they, they need to go back to the Treasury. So the third one is treason. It's treason. Well, treason is only in time of war, technically, and it's handled by the U.S. Marshals. So most of the bureaucrats, most of the 287,000, except for maybe 1,000, <laughs> you know, need to uh, turn the guns in and have them go back to civilians through the Civilian Marksmanship Program. That's going to be interesting. We shall see. I'll tell you more about the Constitutional Amendment uh, in a little bit. But let's, uh, let's take another break here and play a couple things. And, uh, yeah, I'll be doing more stuff breakwise in the beginning because um, I got me my monologue. Dorothy's not here in the last hour. Depending on how I feel, I'll see if I want to continue that last hour. But um, this is kind of a weird day. I just don't feel my usual spunky self. So we'll, uh, we'll check on that. You know, I'll, I'll get things going. All right, let me play a couple things here. And it's now 7.36. I'll be right back. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive, conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stores Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stores Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. 
Their website is gracecare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at gracecare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Grace Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Radio, dedicated to fixing everything. So Marker makes a really good point uh, in the Netherlands. He says, he says, first you have enough material for the rest of the week, which is true. Uh, and, he says, and, now, and now you want to cancel the last hour. He says, make up your mind. Um, I'm trying to. Uh, I just, I'm trying to drink as much water as I can during the show. And I think that might be part of the issue. I'm feeling a little bit better. I'm sort of, you know, I got this, uh, I don't know, this, this can beside me. It's close to, a, it's maybe like a liter and a half. Not, not not quite too, but it's a lot of water, and so I figure if I uh, if I drown myself in that, then uh, that should make a difference. I just you know I, I have a part time job, and so I work outside on Sundays, hoping to get out of that with some sponsors. You know, I mean, I just just need like one or two more, just kind of you know carry that last little bit of uh, of income to keep us going here, and then of course we need a fortune because I want to buy a jet. And so that's that's coming on its way. But we need to do something really big. We need to be on Joe Rogan. We need to be on. Uh, um, Tucker Carlson, we need, we need to make the big splash. It's time for that. So that's coming. That's, so that'll be on its way. Then I won't worry about my little part-time job. But uh, that's what I'm working on. And so um, i going to have the big splash. In the meantime, uh, I'm just beat today. I'm, just, you know, I'm sorry. It's not, it's not like I was out drinking. <laughs> it's not like I was partying all weekend. I was working hard trying to uh, you know, keep everything going. All right. So I did a show. Uh, back on June 28th, and I had another list of things that need doing. Now, the reason I'm going over these lists is because Dick Morris is, is uh, again, he's, he's got a huge campaign going on right now to tell Congress, tell the Republican Congress to basically shut down. Don't pass any appropriations bills. Don't do anything. Um, basically, like I said, shut down the government, shut down the money, shut down the program, shut down the Ukraine war, shut down everything until they stop persecuting Donald Trump. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that uh, this persecution is because they're not worried that Trump's going to become president and change their policies. They're worried that Trump's going to throw them all in jail. And so that's what I think will be interesting. So then I thought, okay. You know, oh, we got another message from Mark. I'll need to scroll down there. Uh, it says, we have gray clouds and rain for, for weeks now. Yeah, we do here too. Uh, except it's also been, you know, 95 degrees. <laughs> so not only do we have gray clouds and rain, we get uh, 95 degrees and then it pours rain. Uh, temperature gets down to about 85, and then as soon as the sun comes out, which is like five minutes later, it immediately drops, it, you know, rises back up to 95. So it's been a little crazy here, and working in that kind of environment outside is not good. But, you know, i got to make a little money. Okay, so all the things GOP should be doing. This is from my, my show notes from January 28th. Remove Joe Biden and all the deep state for their insurrection and coup d'etat for stealing the government. So that, obviously you can tell I was a little angrier. <laughs> so this is only so this is this June as opposed to last September. Last September I was mad, but this June I'm absolutely furious because nothing's being done. You know the GOP. I was actually surprised that the Democrats let the uh, the Republicans have the House. They didn't have to. They could have cheated. They could have cheated and kept them out easily. Oh, we got uh, looks like another website I'll have to copy here and, and take a look at. What are you sending me? Oh, he's got radar. I got Nether- just thought he does a Netherlands weather forecast. That'll come in real handy, Marco. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, it's kind of funny. All right. 
so we got that there. I keep all these things in my show notes and just take a look at them afterwards. Uh, I got that. I got that. Uh, where was I? Oh, back to my, my list. No, that's my show notes for today. I got a lot of stuff. So, again, it's, it's confusing. But uh, think about that. So let me, let me tell you where some of this comes from. So I had some um, things that I wrote last night and this morning. I told you about one already where I, I think that these folks are not only just trying to get Trump because they don't want the policies, but actually trying to get Trump because they don't want to be in jail. And that, uh, and people, like I said, I know Josie's going to say, see, I told you, I told you that sort of was. It's like, no, it's not the military tribunals. It's not the, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the proper way of doing it. But they, like I say, and it's not so much that I think Trump's going to ride in with the military and take over the government and do his own coup. I, I that, first of all, that would be terrible. Um, but what I really think is the Democrats, like I say, they're acting so guilty. They're acting like they stole the election. That's what I find so interesting. It's just a change in their behavior, maybe because they know there's such overwhelming evidence. Huh. All right. What else we got here? Yeah, I got a couple of Twitter, uh, Facebook things I wrote. GOP gelding lawyers are always trying to prove Trump innocent when they should be forcing Brandon's thugs to prove that they have standing and non-political motives for even bringing the charges. Yeah. I have talked to Jonathan about that. In fact, I asked him that yesterday. I said, is it possible to uh, go after the, the prosecutors, you know, Jack Smith and the, the Democrats and the FBI and Merrick Garland, um, because they're making political accusations. They're not actually bringing real charges and real crimes. They're doing it strictly for politics to either make Trump's life miserable or get him out of the election. Either way, what they're doing is illegal, or at least it should be. And apparently it's not, but, uh, but that doesn't mean we can't affect it. We can say, look, you guys are just doing a political motivation. In other words, a witch hunt. That by, might be another tactic if the Republicans have the balls to actually do it. Next thing I wrote, I said, what if it's not Donald Trump and the, the, the Democrats' favorite prosecution for – oh, I wrote that too. Oh, <laughs> there's a couple of weird conspiracies out there. <laughs> then I wrote, anyone want to prove the U.S. is a corporation by showing me who charted the U.S. and who regulates us as a company? I said, go ahead and make my day. Let's see old Clint Eastwood. Go ahead, make my day. <laughs> anyway, I don't do a good Clint Eastwood. But there's, there's, um, there's what I call real conspiracies and false conspiracies. The real conspiracy is the conspiracy to steal the election that the Democrats and the deep state Republicans did. That's very real. The, the, the false conspiracy is, is this idea that we're a corporation, that uh, all our lawyers are responsible to Britain, that Trump works for you know, the King Charles, you know, and that uh, if your birth certificate has capital letters, you've got a secret treasury account, and that if you mail away for a, a certificate that says you're a sovereign citizen, you don't have to have a driver's license or pay taxes. I mean, this is such nonsense. But a lot of people believe it. That's what I did the thing last week on the, on the moon landing. You know, the idea that uh, we didn't land on the moon. It was done in a Hollywood studio. Well, no, that, or Disney studio. That's what it was. I said Disney made up a reenactment so people could see what it looked like. When they landed on the moon, they didn't say that that was the moon landing. So it's amazing how this stuff gets uh, gets mixed up. So another crisis here. I'm kind of off the walls here today. Um, did Obama order Brandon to send F-16s to Ukraine so Russia could capture one, much like the Afghan surrender, so Obama could arm the Taliban? So here's a question. Right? This is kind of an off the wall question. So I figured that Obama's behind most of what Brandon does that Obama believes in his mother, Muslim brotherhood, his theocracy, and his Marxist brother. So he's got Muslim Marxist you know, brotherhood. <laughs> that, that's who he wants to run the country. And so he surrendered in Afghanistan so that the Taliban would get $85 billion worth of U.S. aid. Apparently a lot of it ended up in Pakistan. Gee, what a surprise. Didn't Obama go to Pakistan in the 80s? Pakistan. Of course, he says Pakistan. 
That's how I know he went. And he's, uh, you know, he's part of the crew. He says, Pakistan. He says, Taliban. <laughs> you know, so that's how Obama talks. Taliban and Pakistan. You know, and so, uh, so Brandon, who's internalized uh, uh, Obama's speech patterns, says the same thing. He says, Taliban in Pakistan. That's, you know, that's how I know Brandon's being talked to by Obama. He's got the same speech patterns, right? Anyway, so my question is, did Brandon, um, did Obama get Brandon to bring F-16s to Ukraine uh, so the Russians could capture one and steal all our technology? Wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so that's what's going on there. So more, more things the, uh, um, the Gulag crew could do to uh, get us out of the Gulag. To, to, to do, defend any government department and agency staffed by Obama people. There you go. Until they can be replaced. Yeah. So we need to defund. This is what the, 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 Democrat, the Republicans in Congress should defund any department or agency of the government, primarily the State Department first, staffed by Obama people. Uh, taking all the illegals, oh, telling all the illegals, don't get comfortable, you aren't staying. This is one of my favorite plans, right? So this plan is that should have been implemented day one when the border was opened or the border was eliminated. The Republicans should have had people down there handing out cards saying, don't get comfortable, you aren't staying, just to unnerve them. And so now it's a little tough to do because we've got millions of people in the country illegally already. So what they should do, what, um, what uh, Brandon should do, or not, well, Brandon's not going to do this, but what they should force upon him or sneak out there is, or, or are they, no, it's not true either. What, this is a weird day. Oh, 65 Fahrenheit max temperature today. Oh, that's, that's cold. That'd be 15 Celsius for those that don't speak Fahrenheit and Celsius. Getting the weather report from Marco in the Netherlands. 65, 65 would be great. I'd probably be a lot more wide awake. I apologize. I'm just really worn out today. Um, this doesn't happen often, but uh, it's, just, it's just kind of a weird day. All right, so back to my list. I'm starting to feel a little better. I'm drink, keep drinking more water. We'll see what happens. The, um, the idea of stopping any government that's full of Obama people would, I think, be a fabulous tactic. More water. I think Trump's going to have to do that anyway. He's got to get um, the Obama people, the leftists, out of government. The problem is most of the government is leftist. That's where Schedule F is going to come in. That's Trump's idea to put everybody, you know, get them off civil service and make them to be fired. So that's going to be a huge help. Uh, defund the Ukraine war and the military-industrial deep state complex. That's pretty self-explanatory. Refuse to pass any bill until Brandon confesses to being an illegal White House occupant. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny. Yeah, the Republicans say, look, we're not going to pass any bills until Brandon confesses that he stole the White House. That would be hysterical. That would be such a bold tactic. And then everybody will say, well, there's no evidence. There's, this, this. there's plenty of evidence. But we're still not passing anything until he confesses. You know, you want to talk about psychological blackmail? <laughs> that would be great. But, of course, they'll never do it because they have no courage. I would do it. If I was head of the Republican Party, I, I'd get up there and say, look, it's very simple. You know, we're not doing anything until Brandon confesses for being, you know, an illegal White House occupant. They should hold a daily press conference revealing all the evidence of the stolen election. That's, that's what they should be doing every single day, and they're not doing it. Hmm, what else we got here? Um, defund all climate change programs. That'd be good. Promote carbon dioxide as, an essential, as essential for life in the carbon cycle. Yeah, they should have a whole special on that. You know, uh, you know, you can just see now Trump narrating why we love carbon dioxide. Just how pissed people off. Oh, what they would say is true. Do-do-do. Oh, he says, how about our legislation banning Congress from borrowing money? Yeah, I'm making some headway on that. I'm hoping to get a reporter interested in talking about our legislation. Um, to uh, stop Congress borrowing money. But I can't do that until I get my website back, and that hopefully will be today. 
Um, what else we got? Stop the forced conversion to electricity. Uh, that's a, that'd be a good thing. I got a bunch more here. I'm going to kind of save these. I'm bored. But there's a bunch of things the Republicans could do that they're not. They're just simply not doing, and that's the problem. They're not governing. They're not acting. They're not reacting. They're not doing anything that they should be doing to make things a whole lot better. Whew. Better take another break, break and drink some more water. Sorry about all the interruptions, but uh, we have 7.52. Good thing is Jonathan's coming at the top of the hour, so I won't have to keep talking. And that, that will be a great thing. Maybe I'll play something interesting. Here's another thing. Uh, I, I don't play this first time. In fact, I found this in my, my long list of things that I made for Santa Rosa Volunteers, who I hope sponsors this again. They're not currently sponsoring us, but it is always hope. Uh, but I wrote this. I got this thing on grievances, and I hadn't played it before, but it'll take just a few minutes. Place some of the grievances that are in the Declaration of Independence. See how many of these apply today, especially given the fact that our government was stolen, that uh, it was a coup, that everything they do is illegal. Everything they do militarily is illegal. Everything they do civil world is illegal. Every suppression of, of, of information, all their censorship, that's all illegal. All the mandates, all the programs, all the health stuff, that's all illegal. Everything's illegal. So it's actually worse than it was under uh, the third. But let me play this for you. It takes about five minutes, and then I'll be back. This is Greg Penkless for Action Radio with Founding Moments, insights into our founding documents, sponsored by Santa Rosa Volunteers here in Santa Rosa County, Florida. Santa Rosa Volunteers is available at their website, srv1776.com. That's srv1776.com. With July 4th coming up Sunday, I have to say something about the Declaration of Independence. Everyone knows the beginning words of the Declaration. We even have a founding moments on it. But the bulk of the Declaration consists of 27 grievances, some of which are just as applicable as a grievance today against our own federal government as they were against England when we were colonies. How could this happen? We have a constitution. But constitutions are only as valid as the oath people swear when they promise to support and defend the constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Let me highlight just a few of the grievances that are every bit as valid today as they were in 1776 and for exactly the same reasons. When the declaration says, he, that's King George III, he today would be the entire federal government. He has refused his assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. Laws today are for special interests and more government power. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. The greatest danger we face is an out-of-control federal bureaucracy of endless officers, agencies, and departments. He has affected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. This is done today because Congress has delegated almost all their power to declare war to the president, something they have no power to do. He has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our Constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation. Today, that would be international law, international courts, treaties or agreements not ratified by the Senate, climate accords, 
the United Nations, and all their various agencies. For imposing taxes on us without our consent. Did you know that the income tax and the withholding of money from your paycheck used to be unconstitutional? All kinds of taxes, fees, and burdens are placed on us, many of which are hidden. For depriving us in many cases of the benefits of trial by jury. We have plea bargains, uninformed jurors, corruption, money, prosecutorial misconduct, administrative trials and judges, and a multitude of judicial actions that do not involve a jury of our peers. Juries are never of our peers, either. For taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of our governments. Today, that would be abandoning the Constitution and governing by whatever the leftist deep state wants. For suspending our own legislatures and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. This would be all the governors, mayors, public health officials, and Dr. Fauci himself taking over our government during a bogus pandemic of their making, stealing our rights, imposing illegal lockdowns and mask mandates not based on any science, and simply declaring whatever orders they wanted with no legislature or due process at all. It's still going on. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. This could happen if the government takes our guns, which is why I say, except for the military, we need to take their guns. He has excited domestic insurrections amongst us and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages, whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. Today, you can see how Black Lives Matter, Antifa, the FBI, and other rioting mercenaries of the deep state are being used to enforce Marxist theories like critical race theory and climate change, not to mention the false pandemic of COVID, which are all designed to create fear, depression, hopelessness, compliance, conformity, groupthink, and political correctness, all for the state. So just substitute Indians for all the groups in and out of government that are being used by government against us, and this problem is exactly the same. So the question is, what are your grievances, and what are you going to do about it? I created Action Radio so that we the people could write the laws we consent to be governed by and reverse the process where they, the government, order us to comply with their laws, orders, and decisions. This is Greg Penglis for Action Radio with Founding Moments, sponsored by Santa Rosa Volunteers. Their website is srv1776.com. That's srv1776.com. Please share this report to anyone who needs it. Fort Johnson's on the line now, so I'm going to bring him right on because I'm having a... Oh, wait till, wait till this line's live. Um, so, Jonathan, I'm having a little bit of a rough time today. I, I worked outside yesterday. I don't know if it was too hot. I've been drinking water all morning, trying to rehydrate. But uh, it's been a bit of a struggle. So I'm glad you're here to, uh, you know, give your report and find out what's going on and have someone to talk to. Because just, the, the, you know, talking to yourself for an hour is tough, even with Marco in the Netherlands, you know, typing in messages, which is kind of cool. But uh, it's, been, it's been a bit crazy. Anyway, I don't know how much you heard. Um, 
a lot of the show, my first hour is based on what I was listening to last night with Dick Morris and his, his continued claim that the Republicans need to basically shut down the government um, until this persecution of, uh, of Donald Trump stops. And I was saying they should have shut it down back when they first, you know, took office back in early January uh, until Brandon's out of the White House. I, I think I'm a little more ambitious than uh, uh, the Dick Morris. But that is big, that's his big claim. And it's like, yeah, gee, this sounds familiar, Dick. Let's see if I can get him on the show. But um, we'll start there. That uh, he's the only one, that's, other than us here, of course, that's really advocating, you know, a serious message. The Republicans aren't doing anything. They're not fighting back. They're just sitting there. They're the total weenies. They're, they're letting the coup happen. They're call, they're, they're saying he, you know, still using words like President Biden and Biden administration, which is untrue. And and when I went over in the first hour, all these possibilities of things that I talked about last September, things I talked about a month ago, amazing ways they could fight back, and they're not doing anything. So it's really frustrating. Anyway, how are you? Well, I'm. Uh, I, I didn't whether you're sick or just uh, or just you have a case of Monday. Um, no, I'm not sick. I just feel like really tired because I think uh, you know I worked really hard yesterday. Um, and so, and I was out in the heat, you know, even though I have an air-conditioned car. Um, so for those that don't know, I, I do yeah. pizza delivery on Sundays. And so I don't talk about no, it too I, much. Uh, it seems kind of silly, but it, it's, it's a physical I'm, I'm job. I'm kind of waking I mean, up. I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of waking up slowly myself. I think I'm on Guam time or something. I have been probably <laughs> the, uh, probably the reversal of the magnetic fields or something. Mm. And, um, you know, some kind of, uh, I was listening to some crazy radio things late at night, um, the, um, oh. which the magnetic fields will reverse and everybody will wake up and realize that the earth does things, whether we want them, you know, out of our control. But anyway, so you can't legislate it. <laughs> you can't change the carbon uh, atoms. Apparently, everybody thinks, you can. apparently <laughs> everybody thinks you can, you can, which is kind of funny because in the old, um, musical Camelot, which, you know, my uh-huh. brother kind of introduced me to lots of weird, well, weird in the sense of not politically popular, but, you know, classical uh, show tunes and Broadway and everything. Right. Uh, there's a song about how King Arthur legislates the weather um, to try to impress uh, uh, Guinevere, but, um, uh-huh. and, you know, it's, of, course, it's, of course, it's ridiculous. And the left, of course, thinks Number one, they should have laws against everything. Number two, they shouldn't enforce them. Um, but they just want to pass laws that nobody nobody actually is going to take seriously. And that's been true for a while. But anyway, the Republican Party, um, mm-hmm. sort of a intertwined things here a bit. Um, of course, the Republican Party has been that way um, for a long, long time. I wasn't born, but my understanding is, you know, it goes back at least to, um, well, several themes, at least back to the FDR period, mm-hmm. where, of course, we had the, um, I don't know if it's the same thing, but we had Republicans um, who are perceived to have screwed up uh, the entire country with the Great Depression. Yeah, she's um, thinking Hoover. Yeah, Hoover's when they lost power or lost perception because uh, Coolidge, they're really strong. Coolidge cut the budget in half and cut the national debt in half, gave us the Roaring Twenties. And he was a Republican. Republicans were really strong then. And then under mm-hmm. Hoover, they seem to have lost it. 
And he was falling basically to the same problems, but there was a business cycle that was fixing itself, kind of like what we have today. Uh, if they just stay out of it, the, the recession would go away, but they, they keep insisting on, on perpetuating with all these ridiculous spending bills and things like that. But, you know, same thing with Hoover. Mm-hmm. Hoover, by the time, and, you know, and, everybody was blaming him. And there's he, a, yeah, go ahead. And, and, and there's a pretty, pretty strong analysis. And I, you know, I, 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 I'm not prepared to, jump in with both feet on um, people's feelings about the Federal Reserve and all this, this conspiracy theory. I know that there's an entire industry of people who want to blame everything from baldness to um, flat feet on the Federal Reserve. And I'm not saying that, you know, there's enough, to, to my mind, having been, say, in the Department of Education for five years, mm-hmm. um, the most serious problem of, of the U.S. Department of Education is that it just takes up space. It's a complete <laughs> waste of space and money. Um, I, don't, I don't ascribe these government agencies to, to, the, to, to sufficient competence um, mm. to live up to the complaints about them. Uh, but, um, but anyway, I, apparently there is pretty strong evidence that during the Great Depression, the Federal Reserve, which was relatively new, did exactly the wrong things. And a, a and really helps turn a standard recession into the Great Depression. That um, following some really stupid ideas, they contracted the money supply right when they needed to either leave it alone or in, in, in um, expand it a bit. And so, uh, you know, anyway. So, so yeah, there was there was this perception, of course, the Republicans. I mean, the Republicans had kind of been this um, idea of you, you know, you'd be, be not genteel necessarily, but um, mm-hmm. above it all and, and polite and, 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 and these, you know, and, and um, just rule from the salons and, you know, don't raise your voice and whatever. Um, and I don't know if the Democrats were that way too. To some extent, the Republicans have been weak. To another extent, the um, Democrats have been, have been taken over mm-hmm. <clears throat> by a savage band of, of communist <laughs> revolutionaries. Well, again, we talk, we talk about communists, we don't mean Russian, we don't mean Chinese, we mean a, a philosophical mindset. Um, and, and so to some, the, the parties have diverged, and you know the, the Republicans have always acted like like, you know, rescue dogs or something that, uh, you know, are frightened of their own shadow. And this has always, this has always been the case. And as a result, for really 100 years, the Republicans have been, um, they've been trying to make, as some appeal to some voters by pretending while actually not doing anything. Um, for most of 100 years, they couldn't do anything because they were uh, a discredited, discredited minority, and partly because they didn't want to make the media mad. You know, there was a time when the Washington Post and the New York Times actually held real power, and they didn't have much competition. So the, the Republican Party lived in terror of, of, of a, a mean word, in in the mainstream news um now of course nobody gives a hoot what the washington post says 
um, or even the New York Times. You're more likely to laugh at it, as they should. And and so the Republic, but the Republican Party has not emerged. They're kind of, you know, here, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm clear because I'm not sure how to say it quite right, but someone did an experiment. I was told in my church uh, world conference many decades ago when I was by saying that they did an experiment where um, there's this huge tank. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know what a barracuda is if people don't live in Florida. Oh, long listen, I, I'll tell you my barracuda story sometime. I had a, I had a close encounter with a barracuda uh, well, a couple years ago. That's kind of what they do. They, uh, barracudas are very nosy and uh, they get in, you know, they, they get in the middle of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they're very intimidating. Uh, but what yes. they did is they had this huge, large fish tank, and they put a clear plexiglass wall down the center. Mm-hmm. And then they put, mm. uh, they put fish that the barracuda would normally eat on one side. And they left it that way for a long time, and the barracuda would keep bumping its nose against the plexiglass wall um, and, would, and then would stop and learn not to try that. Then they took the wall away, and the barracuda mm-hmm. still did not cross over any fish. And, you know, so the Republican Party is like, has been like this, is that they, they have kind of like this race memory of being um, um, powerless and, and, you know, like a battered wife syndrome. I don't know. Exactly oh, I so say you're beaten as a kid, and you're a coward for the rest of your life just because somebody picked on you. You know, and right. so you, you so maintain that. that. Yeah. See, yeah like beating Bannon. children. And, you know, I don't, I love, I, <laughs> I always love to hear Steve Bannon talk, except when he's talking about some obscure, stupid um, investment thing that I don't care about or that he's a little too <laughs> obsessed with this GCP thing. But, I mean, I, I, like, I like Steve Bannon a lot, but he's not always up to speed on things. He's always talking about, you know, things, you know, he, he's fighting, like, the issues from a year ago or two years yeah. ago, but, you know, but sometimes he's very, he's very powerful and right on. And one of them is for, is for example, that he, um, he talks about failure theater. So the Republican that with the Republicans, it's all this, it's all this theater. The end of which is they will fail, you know, and they'll fail because they're not really trying to win. Uh, I told you when, in 2006, the first time that Christine O'Donnell, who was once, you know, in the news a lot and attracted a lot of attention, but um, decided to become, you know, kind of a kid. Uh, when she first decided to run for Senate, um, the uh, she was on the phone with me and caught talking to different friends and sort of, you know, it was kind of like she was talking, but she was kind of thinking while she was talking. And she was she just blurted out in exasperation saying, they're not trying to win. They're <laughs> just trying to look good losing. Because like yes, they're not. Right. They're not trying to win. Yeah, but it was kind of like something just snapped. Yeah. And she decided that instead of trying Truth. to help another candidate, she needed to, to run yeah. for herself because because they're the Republicans. They're not actually trying to win. Mm-hmm. They're they they just want to they just want to not look too bad while they lose. Because losing to Republicans is apparently a predetermined outcome. Well, it's their natural um, state. 
That's what they used to. That's what they're comfortable with. They don't know how to handle winning. Democrats don't know how to handle losing. That's why they cheat. But something I was thinking about, um, don't the Democrats look really guilty right now? Uh, you know, and I was thinking about this with, the, with all the persecutions, prosecutions, and the things that are going on. Um, not to go as far as Josie says, where Trump's going to ride in with the uh, uh, the military and the intelligence community, and they're going to they're going to stage their own coup and take over the government, make everything right. A lot of people believe that. I think that's a bunch of nonsense. But um, if you really believe that the 2020 election was a free and fair election, why would you have why would you have to keep going after Trump? Why would you have to go to the Michigan electors? And I want to talk about the Michigan electors, the Trump electors, in a, in a bit. Why would you have to have a January 6th committee? If you really believed it was a free and fair election, why would you have to keep telling people it's a free and fair election? Why would you have to tell people there's no evidence of vote fraud, when obviously there's mountains of evidence and everybody knows it? Why are they doing all these things? Why, and especially what just happened in Michigan, why would, you, why would you try and say that the Trump electors, the valid state legislative you know, certified Trump electors, have committed forgery by uh, signing forms in their own name. This is bizarre to me. They're acting so guilty. So are they afraid right. of Trump because they don't want his – because the line is, well, the deep state doesn't want Trump coming back because he's going to ruin all their policies. No, I think what's well, really worried about is their asses are going to end up in jail if he prosecutes them, especially if someone like Mike Flynn is attorney general, because the evidence is there that they committed uh, – uh, the, they, they overthrew the government. It's pretty obvious they did, and, most, and more and more people know it. So they look. So are they? Are they, they? They seem to be projecting guilt and fear to me. They're not projecting confidence. Well, to, to those, I mean, <clears throat> to those who are paying attention, um, I don't think the Democrats understand any of that because hmm. they don't think they feel. And you know, they they, okay. they don't they, they they live in a world of of their feelings. And they don't, they, they can't think, and they cannot comprehend the idea of them being wrong or anybody thinking they're wrong. Hmm. Um, they okay. have to feel like everybody agrees with them. Um, you know, if they, you know, they, they, they have to, I mean, psychologically, they have to minimize any disagreement because it threatens their self-esteem and their self-confidence. It's that they, so they, hmm. they, they have to believe. <laughs> that the majority of people are with them and it's just a tiny, you know, band of, of counter revolutionaries, you know, to be hunted down by the, the KGB and the NKBD. Um, and, um, uh, you know, so <clears throat> they can't, <clears throat> they can't conceive of the idea that no, their, their policies are popular. Mm-hmm. And they're unpopular because they don't work, as well as being insane. Um, and so they're saying things that are increasingly insane. And um, and yet I think they have no self-awareness. Um, so, so I think you're okay. right, they do. And I think they have no filter um, to, uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> to make sense of this. They can't comprehend how crazy they sound. Um, and, um, so I, I may, maybe it's a psychological thing. The only people that they get a positive psychological affirmation from are their insane bubble. Uh, so they're going to increasingly turn to their, to the little bu- bubble of crazy people because that's the only people they're getting, they're getting a, a hit off of. Anyway, so, 
So the problem, of, of course, is that for many, many decades, um, real Americans have been rejecting um, these uh, Garden Party Republicans who now, um, with the changes we're seeing, uh, Steve Bannon is calling them Fox News Republicans, um, which I think is devastating. I mean, this is biting, you know, and, and he, he is going, he's going like full on against old man Murdoch. I mean, he's, he's just, he's just t- savagely taking it to old man Murdoch, the owner of, mm-hmm. or the majority owner of Fox News. And, uh, and, you know, you know, because Fox News is sort of turning into the, the gelding republic, as you put it, the gelding party Republicans. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this whole thing because, you know, I learned a lot. And it started really with Ali North in Virginia when he ran for Senate. So by the time Christian, Christine O'Donnell was running, to me, this is kind of like a, an old um, <clears throat> syndrome. Um, you know, it's not just about her. It's about the patterns of tactics and thinking that people do that I want to focus on. But, um, you know, they, they, there's this whole school of thought that really believes that – because people would say uh, – they say it with Ali North, too, because she was this brilliant functionary. But as far as, like, Nancy Reagan hated him because <laughs> he made her, her man look bad, she thought. I mean, basically, he helped save – Democracy, but um, but the the insta- inside establishment Republican just hated Ali North, and who the hell does he think he is running for Senate? And they'd say the same thing, say about oh who's the other person in the middle I forget, but we came to Christine O'Donnell, and mm-hmm. she was uh, one of six uh, middle class maybe lower middle class children you know children in Catholic family, brilliant speaker. And, you know, and very smart, but who the hell does she think she is? And it makes me, you know, when I was engaged in all of these discussions, it it raises the question, well, who does, who does somebody have to be to run for Senate? What are you, what are you saying? They have to be, they have to be like the, the, they have to be aristocracy. They have to be, you know, it made me realize that they think that, that our representatives have to be someone up on a pedestal with perfect hair who prances around at garden parties and inspires us to all go, oh, look at him. He's, you know, he's such a superior American. And um, that's, and if you talk to these people long enough, that's what they think. They, 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 these people think that, that to be, you don't have a right to be a senator unless you, you know, you are a role model. Yeah, it's your, and it's your uh, turn. You have yeah. to wait your turn. Like to be well, president. Too, but <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And but but you know it it's they they want a candidate who will be somebody. We want a candidate who will do something. You know, I saying like I don't care. You know, if, if if my plumbing breaks, I don't care. Uh, you know, if the guy looks good, I just don't want to know can he fix my pipes. That's mm-hmm. it. And and yet they're you know but, but they have this philosophy that. No, it has to be someone better than the average man. It has to be someone that young school children will look up to and go, oh, wow. You know, I could never be well, like I, that. I think it's more like the club. And I got Pianca in the line, too, and this line's live, so I'm going to ask them to join us in just a second. But uh, it, it's worse than that. It's like the best Republicans are the ones that aren't, you know, in the club. 
uh, Donald Trump, not in the Republican club. You look at uh, Ronald Reagan was not in the Republican club. You look at Barry Goldwater was not in the Republican club. The best Republicans are the ones that are the Mavericks, the real Mavericks, not the pretend ones like McCain and, uh, and Romney who were specifically chosen so they would lose to Obama. They are in the club. Um, but it's, it's very strange the way this works out. And uh, we should probably talk about Tucker Carlson, which I went over all the interviews. Did you see those interviews with uh, Swami and uh, Asa Hutchinson? And, oh, the, um, uh, at, the, at Mike the, the conference? Yeah. No, I haven't heard all of I, I keep trying to work my way through them as I'm doing other stuff. But yeah, I, know I, he, he is, I mean, I remember him when he was dubious as being sort of a neocon. And I don't know if he's grown or if we misunderstood him, but he he is an extraordinary hmm. man in a generation. He is he he is just amazing. Well, I've been trying to get on with him for a couple of years now because I realized, you know, when as a lot of us did, that this guy is on the pulse of, of what's happening. He's actually, you know, fearless. And now that he's free of Fox News, he can really say what he wants. So if he can, you know, get an idea of what we're doing here at Action Radio and our legislation. Oh, by the way, we've been hacked again. My website for the second time has been taken down. So I have to... Uh, go back to my security folks and uh, get it reposted. But uh, we're, uh, you know, the, I would say the deep state really doesn't like us. There are serious hacks to keep uh, writeyourlaws.com, you know, off, uh, off the internet. And so uh, right. for those that well, are sharing shows, you know, uh, we're being attacked. I mean, to answer, to answer part uh-huh. of what you asked questions, they really are frightened. I mean, I, okay. I, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, apparently there was, an, there was a video that was sort of an AI uh, um, <clears throat> fake um, ha- of having AOC and Biden and everything like that, but but it has AOC saying in this apparent fake um, that they don't, you know, the people aren't afraid of us anymore. Hmm. Um, which is, you know, apparently she didn't say that, but it's true. Um, hmm. You know what happened on January sixth? Um, they are they are scared to death because they know that next time, you know, if there, if there is a next, and and what's amazing is that you would think that someone would say, you know, we came this close a hair's breadth of, uh, uh, you know, of of revolution of some sort or another, whatever you want to call it. We did have a revolution. Just the wrong side won. (laughs) We we had a revolution. We had a coup d'etat. But I mean, but I mean, they are terrified that, that the American people will take their country back. And as as one movie once said, you know, break their rice bowls um, of the like defense industry and things. Um, mm. The um, and so they're you know they're frightened to death of it. And <clears throat> but you'd think that would make them want to like uh, listen to the people and re- re- reduce the reasons why people are upset. Nah, mm. um, they they want to uh, they want to frighten the people while they continue to do things that people don't want them to do. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, so I figure where I was on that, but, um, um, but um, you know, that they, they really, I, you know, I think they really are terrified. They really do understand that it will take very little for, apparently there's a, apparently there's a moment in this ant movie, this <laughs> stupid ant, ant cartoon or whatever, where, the ants realize that they outnumber the grasshoppers. Yeah, that's um, years ago. I watched that with my kid. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. One ant, you know, and, and, the lead grasshopper. Yeah, go ahead. You can tell a story. Yeah. 
No, is it? Well, that's about it. Is that the American people realize that we vastly outnumber these mm-hmm. corrupt, evil? Um, oh, uh, I know times. that. That's the whole basis of Action well, Radio. You know, <laughs> we started, right. it wouldn't take much for you know a million people share our constitutional amendment. You know, to ban Congress borrowing money. That's an international story within seconds. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's huge. Is that many people, yeah. and that's a, that's a million out of 330 million. It's not that many. It's not a big percentage. But that would that would move mountains to have that kind of uh, impact. That's when people say, oh, it's not going to work. You haven't passed a bill yet. I said, you haven't even tried. This isn't even tried yet. And they're already, they're already trying to shut down my website second time within a week. My website's well, I'm been, saying they are, been, they are afraid. That, that's why on, oh. on Facebook, I mean, I'm sure that, that the mm-hmm. FBI is like monitoring my social media and stuff. So I talk to them. You know, I post things. You know, I post things on Facebook. <laughs> well, I invite them on the show every, every day. Like, like now, FBI, KGB, give us a call. I mean, join us here, 215-383-3832. That's what makes it fun. <laughs> you know, in fact, I right. subscribe so, to no, uh, I, Edward Snowden's uh, uh, Substack, so that definitely puts me on the list. <laughs> well, I post, I mean, I, I po- you know, I post like, is, you know, is this what, what you signed up for? Mm. Is this why you joined the FBI? Today, you're t- you walk walk up the hill day, you know. So at, at some point, the FBI supervises. We, we don't want to expose our vulnerable. Yeah. You know, at some point, the FBI has to wonder which one of these agents is going to turn on us. Which which one of these agents is going to go out for lunch, walk up to Jim Jordan's committee, and not come mm. back that afternoon? Yeah, who's, who, um, where's John Dean when you need him? <laughs> hey, let's get Pianchi in here because I know he's, he's signed up for live yeah. chat. He obviously has something to say. Pianchi, why don't okay. you come join us here? I'm sorry. Then we'll get back to Jonathan's information. Good morning, Jonathan. Morning. Mostly. Morning. And Greg. Hello. But the commentary sounded very well. Very refreshing. Uh, <clears throat> when you have lunch today, you and your business partners either can join in and uh, by ESPN, I see they hit rock bottom and <laughs> Disney don't know what to do. Jeez. See, our potential is unlimited once we uh, once I get the website back. <laughs> I get a reporter who will remain nameless for now, but is interested in covering our uh, constitutional amendment to uh, take away the power of Congress to borrow money. So uh, I just have to get the website back, you know. But the, the things are things are definitely happening. Well, Pianki, what do you think? Uh, and like I say, I know Josie talks all the time about, you know, Trump and the, the military and the intelligence folks riding in and basically taking over the government, doing their own coup. That's not going to happen. But I, I suddenly, you know, it occurred to me, especially when Dick Morris is talking about, uh, you know, a boycott uh, of, of, the Demo- of the Republicans actually shutting down, shutting down the government. They won't because they're, they're geldings. But uh, the Democrats are looking awfully guilty right now. Why else? And I want to ask Jonathan about this, too. These 12 uh, electors in Michigan, why are they such a threat? If it was a free and fair election, why are they worried about Trump electors? You know, they're behaving awfully guilty. You know, and they, all the things they're trying to do. Well, they're trying to stop Trump. evidence is what they're trying to do. They're trying the to evidence is already out there. Stop so, and convincing. Okay. Well, yeah, it is, it is out there, but it's not being received by people as it should be received. When it comes, uh, it's being disclaimed. Uh, as, uh, here comes some more conspiracy. Conspiracy. So that's what they're trying to do. But I like, uh, you know, I'm still in the contention that states need to uh, stand up and say no, like Alabama did to the Supreme Court about creating a uh, all-black voting district. 
Well, here's a, actually that, that brings up a really good point. I want to ask Jonathan about this point, uh, some t- point this morning anyway. And this is Texas with their buoys. So they put these buoys out there and to stop the illegal aliens from swimming across the Rio Grande. Uh, and the federal government's, you know, of course, Brandon, who illegally opened the border or eliminated the border. They're saying, well, you can't do that because, you know, you have no jurisdiction there. You, you know, you can't do this. It's against public, public safety. Well, so are your illegals, Brandon. You know, and so Texas taking doing what they're supposed to do, which is protecting the citizens from invasion, uh, have set up these buoys. And I guess they're going to put more of them up there. But, uh, you know, the federal government illegal alien, you know, advancement bureau is trying to uh, take them down. Jonathan, are you familiar with this at all? Very. Yeah. Um, people people don't realize that the Supreme Court, and everybody, everybody wants to complain about <clears throat> Governor Abbott and, uh, and all these people and things like that without realizing that the Supreme Court in 2010, U.S. Street, Arizona, ruled that <clears throat> states may not do anything to interfere with um, federal immigration policy. And um, I think that... That's I, I think that, that's <laughs> What case that, was that? United States v. Arizona. And there's been several of them. Huh. <clears throat> but the, um, people don't realize the Supreme Court, before you know, Trump changed it, this was in 2010, um, <clears throat> has, has said that because Congress has constitutional authority over nationalization, mm-hmm. implying that it has generalized power over immigration and, and, and entering exit to the country. And <clears throat> Congress has set up a comprehensive system. The, the, the courts distinguish between a single isolated law and, versus a comprehensive system. Mm-hmm. that occupies the field, as they say, that state action would upset the balance and the system that Congress created. Um, but illegal aliens, states, illegal aliens have nothing to do with immigration. It's not, it's, they're not creating rules for, for you know, people to come to this country legally. That's, that's the role of Congress, and I agree with that. Uh, because it says so right in the Constitution, uniform rules of, well, of naturalization. But it doesn't say anything about, you know, criminals crossing our border. And states have right, their own well, the border, thing too. Is, is that, the thing is, is that, of course, like many, many other things, the congressional, the, con- the, the, Const- the Supreme Court's decisions are, are crazy. Um, <laughs> well, that's true. Because in, in U.S. v. Arizona, you have a congressional mandate. To, to prohibit and deport uh, the, the, these invaders. And then um, you have federal administrative inaction. So mm-hmm. federal, you know, federal disobedience to the, to the written law cannot possibly justify the Supreme Court's decision. I mean, the Supreme Court is saying that, is saying that <clears throat> A federal unwritten law policy of breaking the law somehow trumps under the under the preemption clause, the, the you know the supremacy clause, mm-hmm. the, uh, the 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 laws of the states. Well, that's insane. Yeah. You know, there there you know in a policy of breaking the law is not the supreme law of the land. 
it's the opposite. So, so they're saying hmm. that you know under the Constitution, the, the laws have passed by Congress and uh, a bunch of other things are the are the supreme law of the land. <clears throat> so they trump state laws. That has nothing to do with a federal policy of disobeying the law. And so the Supreme Court got it flat wrong. Nobody argued Article 4, Section 4, which mm-hmm. are the, that the, that the, the, the um, United States shall guarantee a, a, republic, a republican form of government to the states mm-hmm. and, and other places where the states can act um, in time of invasion. And nobody's, nobody's properly presented it as an invasion because it is. You know, an invasion at the, at the time our Constitution was written, uh, you know, laws, might, I mean, wars may be something that they fought in the summer and then everybody took the winter off. <laughs> you know, an invasion doesn't have to be, um, you know, uh, a line of tanks, which didn't exist at the time it was written lined up at the border mm-hmm. invasion could you know in the way they fought wars looks a lot closer to what the cartels and and coyotes uh you know who are in case people don't know um mm-hmm. organizing uh the illegal immigration for money yeah. um <clears throat> that's what they're called coyotes um we're not you know anti-coyotes coyotes. um <laughs> I'm sure. So, so the thing is, is that if you really look at it, it looks a lot more like the kind of invasion that our Constitution had in mind than yeah. a World War II movie. You know, if you, if you look at invasion from the standpoint of a World War II movie, you can mm-hmm. say, well, this isn't an invasion. If you look at it in terms of the way war was fought in, <clears throat> in, in 1789, it does look like an invasion. It looks like, you know, border clashes skirmishes, people, you know, raiding, you know, raiders coming across the border and going back, um, that kind of thing. But nobody's presented it. Nobody argued it. Nobody um, brought it to the, court, the Supreme Court's attention. And although the Supreme Court is, you know, not dependable, they'll, they'll break your heart. Um, they appear, you know, it, there's, it seems to be a good chance that if they go back up there again, with, the, mm-hmm. with the, the justices we have today and better arguments, which I think slowly immigration uh, anti- or, you know, immigration control advocates are slowly starting to wake up to some of these arguments that they did a poor job of, of presenting the issue in 2010. Um, and um, I, I think the Supreme Court, there's a, there's a decent chance the Supreme Court's going to overturn um, this, this, these precedents. But um, at the moment, when people say, well, why don't, you know, I've had arguments with people, you know, why doesn't Governor Abbott in Texas do this? Or why doesn't DeSantis do that? Whatever. It's like, you don't understand. They can't. The Supreme Court has said the states, the, the, the states cannot conflict with the federal government's position of non-enforcement. Which See, that's of course, like I described. Yeah, it is absolutely the The federal government can control immigration at the ports of entry. But beyond the ports of entry, you're in a state. 
and that state has ter- has territorial jurisdiction over its own boundaries. Well, that that stuff that you- is that's a very good argument, which I haven't heard before. And oh, I we think, oh I think yeah. That's a, uh, I know what Pianki's talking about. I think that's a very good one. We've talked about the Fourteenth Amendment, and Pianki, uh, mm-hmm. you know, will will back me up on this. When we've talked about this many times, where the Fourteenth Amendment says that citizens of the United States are also citizens of the state in which they reside, which means that people who are not citizens of the United States are not citizens of the state where they might happen to be residing. And, and the well, the other out. thing, what Pianki <laughs> raises, of huh? course, is that the ports of entry, as you put it, are correctly um, are um, federal, what's the right word? They're federal facilities, either by ownership or operation. Mm-hmm. So the fe- you could say the federal government has jurisdiction over a port of entry because that <clears throat> is a federal facility. <clears throat> you know, because there's, there's this big controversy about like how can how can the how can uh, the federal government own like 80 percent of Arizona? Um, and a lot of discussion about how. Well, we we, the, we have Roger It can't. <laughs> That's not legal. Right, and the reason is is because the power in in the Constitution is limited to, mm-hmm. you know, to lands or properties being used, not not like banked, but actively used mm-hmm. um, for federal functions. Whereas someone coming across the desert, like you say, into, um, you know, a state. Mm-hmm. One could say, well, that's not within the jurisdiction, like Pianchi said. I think that's well, an additional argument. The confusing naturalization and immigration. Mm-hmm. Immigration is totally different than naturalization. Naturalization is, is, is acquiring U.S. citizenship. And you can't have the states you know, coming up with all their own rules for what, becomes, what creates an American citizen. That's why the uniform rules have to come from Congress. But immigration is something totally different. That does have to come well, from the federal government because they have to cross into the United States at the invitation of the federal government to be a lawful immigrant. But as far as illegal aliens, it's like breaking and entering. They're no different than home invaders, you know, going to a state. Right. They're criminals. They're common criminals. And the federal government has no jurisdiction beyond – well, they have the same jurisdiction the states do. In other words, they can be deported. They can be removed. You know, the states can deport them from their states. The federal government can deport them from the whole country because these people are criminals. They have no immigration right. status. And it's interesting well, you mean, said about the, the Constitution, the, the, the invasion. You know, when you guys talk about invasion, there's no military reference in that. Article 4, Section 4 just says invasion. It doesn't say military invasion. So they must have been thinking other than military invasion, all invasions. Any invasion counts. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, what's his name? Pancho, whatever. Pancho Villa. Pancho Villa. Pancho Villa, you know, it, you know, someone, like I say, an organized paramilitary raid across the border mm-hmm. um, would be an invasion. It doesn't have to be a nation yeah. state. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the and that's why I, I that's why I do think do, do we have two hours today is what that's we saying? do we got plenty of time um, yeah and Directed so because um, I'm either either I have a lot to say or I'm just waking up slowly um, <laughs> but um, I'm feeling better the, too, um, yeah. all the water but the thing breaking, is is yeah. that I'm going to zigzag and I want to get back to January 6th and the pretend Republicans. Well, let me just tease this, you know. Let me, I'll, I'll, okay. I'll do a, we have plenty of time, so yeah, like, whatever you want like, to do it. It's like local, local TV that the original um, Comedy Central used to, used to um, make fun of. What's their new show? 
Um, he says they would they would pretend to be local news, as they say. Um, and and now uh, an average household item that will kill you. But first, let's go to so and so in the opening of the new shopping mall. But we'll get back to that thing that's going to kill you. Um, and kind of so let me let me try to like tease the different things. But the, um, the January the the January sixth law firm that I'm doing some work with has issued subpoenas and they've been signed by the court. We have to get them served to um, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, Matt Gay, Kevin McCarthy, um, and Jim Jordan, and possibly more, to come and testify in one or more trials. We started with Ryan Zink, mm-hmm. whose father was was a Republican candidate for Congress. So he has he has an, and he was there that day with his father campaigning. So he he has a special interest in asking these Republicans to help him. Um, and we want to know pretty much like what you've been saying. Uh, I put it, you know, in the terms of the statute, which we'll talk about or the, the case, what, what the issue is, but, you know, pretty much we're asking them to come and tell us what was happening on the other side of the wall, mm-hmm. what was happening inside, which is one of your big issues. Oh, so below the Capitol. Right? Yeah. The real coup below the Capitol yeah, Hill but, invitational mm-hmm. walk-in. Yeah. Although, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I, I happen to know like more than anyone on the planet what the subpoena says for reasons you might figure out. Um, mm-hmm. But but the, <laughs> but the um, oh yeah, but the the um, the theory there is that we need there because the U.S. Capitol. Uh, okay, I don't know which issue to go with first, but the U.S. Capitol Police and the Department of Justice and the prosecutors have been fighting furiously to suppress information about why. The Congress recessed. We have been trying to subpoena, and a lot of times people are saying, like, "What's a blackout?" Why don't the Jan- there's, there's yeah, a blackout because, in the congressional record. January sixth. Yeah, huh? there's a blackout in the congressional record. There's no reference to it whatsoever. It just says they recessed, but they were meeting under the Capitol for seven hours. That had to have been in the congressional record, and there's nothing there. Well, that's, I've looked. That's true. So, but the thing is, is that because because a lot of people like. There's a, there's a judge, um, and I'm going to try to get back to where we were in a minute ago mm-hmm. about the border, um, but it, it relates to um, how do we <laughs> – it's like Abraham Lincoln and his generals that they wanted to send you know, a case of Scots. He says – you know, they say, what, what was this guy's, guy's name? He was um, – Grant was a drunk. Yeah. And I think everybody criticized and said – you know, your general is a, is a drunk. And, and Abraham Lincoln said, well, could you find out what kind of scotch he liked? Because I'll send a case to all my generals. Because they were, <laughs> yeah. they were, a, bunch of, they were a bunch of yeah. useless, uh, you know, Twitter. They just sit there and, and do nothing. And he actually got yeah. things done. Well, I think um, the quote is, uh, if, they said, if I had a general that, uh, you know, fought as well as Grant, I'd have nothing but drunk generals, you know, or something to that effect. <laughs> yeah, could be. So, so the so the thing is, is that Republicans? How do we fight a war with Republicans mm-hmm. that are just useless bumps on a lot? Uh, now, you may figure out that, <clears throat> you know, what what cynical thinking is involved in subpoenaing these Republicans to come testify? Mm-hmm. Because some people are saying, look, it's a five minute walk, the Capitol to the federal courthouse where these, these cases are happening. 
Has mm. any of these Republicans who talk big on, you know, it's like I call them the green green room warriors, uh, on you know the in the news show green rooms, and when the light the red light comes on the camera, they're mighty. Then as soon as the camera goes off, they go out and get a liquid, you know, dinner and um, don't do a damn thing. Mm-hmm. And so by asking them to come testify, we're going to we're going to find out, are they really trying to help or are they just get issuing empty words to mollify the base while they do absolutely nothing? Well, check the first hour so, of the show. I went over two lists of things that the Republicans are not doing that they could be doing. So exactly. first hour of the show has got that all covered. Well, we're, we're calling them in to testify. Oh, and good. There's some, and when you have a witness subpoena, there's usually something. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a subpoena deuces take them, which means in Latin, uh, bring it with you. So when people come and testify, it's, mm-hmm. it's not, I mean, it's often, it's often mentioned, but rarely actually put into action. <clears throat> but you could say, Come as a witness and bring these things with you. So uh, I wrote that Kevin McCarthy has to bring all the tapes with him, hmm. all 41,000 hours of video. Um, well, so this is what I said, too. Isn't it a defense of January 6th people that the election was, in fact, stolen? And it's like, remember Marjorie Taylor well, Greene's okay. trial? And I okay, said that the, 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 the purest. Go ahead. That's the problem is that the judges will shut that down, you know, like the barbarians are at the gate. I mean, okay. Brad Geyer, attorney, has been fighting that battle for, <clears throat> you know, going on two years now. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and the, the courts and the, and the of our prosecutors, if he, just, if he just asks for a glass of water, they think he's alleging a conspiracy. <laughs> he's a terrorist, yeah. yeah. I mean, they are, they are so know. frightened. Yeah. Even when he's not asking about that, they just assume that he is. Because they are just <laughs> terrified of this provocateur theory. You know, so if he just says, you know, Your Honor, my name is Brad Geyer, they, they assume he's alleging that there's a inside job. And, of course, everybody knows there was. Yeah. Um, but uh, well, that's the thing, too. There's we, so much more evidence. To, Every week there's more and more evidence of the coup. And, and we've been asking. See, this is – People need to understand that when they say, well, why don't the, why don't the lawyers do this? They mm. did. We are. It's right. just that the judges, the judges are furiously, you know, fighting, fighting to, to, to block it. So Congress needs and, to recall the judges. That's, that's, that's where the geldings are failing again. They need to get rid of these judges. Uh-huh. These judges are not doing their job. They're not following the Constitution. They're not following the rules of evidence. They're not following due process. They're eliminating the good sure. things and allowing the government, you know, prosecutorial misconduct to do all kinds of horrendous things. Right? And someone, there's a current move afoot <clears throat> to point out that, and I think you may have mentioned it too, but the, that Congress has special authority over the District of Columbia. Yes, they do. The, the District of Columbia is a creature of Congress. It is not a state. Mm-hmm. Right. And it can't be a state by the Constitution. It's specifically separate. They could say from the state. All, yeah. Go ahead. all trials need to be moved, you know, to Florida or Texas. Um, now, they might not well, be able I've to said do that. that. Trials. I said that yeah. they have to actually be moved well, to it, a state to be in the United States because the District of Columbia is a separate district. It is not part of the states by definition, by constitution. And, and, and by intent. Uh-huh. 
I mean, the whole point well, about, of having a district was to have it be neutral. Right. But what about my claim that Florida could, for example, where a lot of January 6th people are, uh, if DeSantis had any balls at all, he would extradite. He would be there with the National Guard saying, look, we're taking our people out of here. This is not part of the well, United okay. States. You don't have any jurisdiction over these people. Because, because Republicans are used to saying things that, that, that get applause and not doing anything. Right. And I think Governor DeSantis is one of, I think he's one of the best politicians I've seen since Ronald Reagan. But About not still, doing things? <laughs> About not doing stuff? No, I mean, I, 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 think, he's, I think he's a brilliant politician. I think he's, I think he's uh, as Sean Connery would say in, in uh, the Russia House, he's blotted his, 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 his what do they call it, his school book um, with, you know, with flirting with all the Jeb people. Um, and uh, I think he's sort of blown it big time. But he's, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, but I think, I think he's a very good politician, but he's not doing a damn thing. I mean, I mean, I, when when um, they raided Mar-a-Lago, mm-hmm. he should have sent in the National Guard. Yeah, and surrounded not to, them not, and arrested them. Not to say, yeah. not to say you can't and you can't investigate um, actual crime, but mm-hmm. to say, look, your papers are not in order. I mean, because apparently they weren't. Like, look, you can't make the the owners lawyer stand outside here in the heat and not witness what you're doing inside. You That's what Christina Bob said on the show. Yeah. I remember when she said that. Yeah. You can't, you can't tell, you can't tell the landowner to shut off their security cameras. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't route around in, in the melon, you know, uh, Melania's, yeah. um, you know, closet. I mean, if, I mean, I don't think any governor could block an investigation of a genuine crime, but he sure as hell could could say you better you better come with your keys, you know you better come correct you better come with your keys crossed and your eyes dotted, well, um, or what he could or do. you're going to leave the papers right here in the parking lot, or yeah, well, we're going to stand here until you do. Yeah, but Pianca and I have talked about but, the fact that they should re- remove all the FBI personnel from first of all Florida. I said, look, you don't have any jurisdiction here. We're, not, we're kicking you out. If you want to come into Florida, then you ask permission, and we'll let you in with county sheriffs. But they should immediately remove all FBI personnel from Florida. Right. We don't have, there's well, nothing the in the is, Constitution that allows them to do anything except treason, piracy, and counterfeiting, none of which are FBI responsibilities. But less, I mean, if someone isn't willing to go that far, they yes, could say you problem. have no jurisdiction if, if your papers aren't right and you're, not right. Follow, and you're, and you're, and you're violating what your what the the papers say, hmm. um, but our you know Republicans don't have any, and this is why I think that, that the Democrats are being so hysterical, is because they they're they're accustomed to Republicans who just cower in the corner, hmm. and they're just they're just tearing their hair out, and and their their heads are exploding because they can't because we're not, you know when they say boo we're not running away anymore. Well, the you know, Republican like, officials are, the Republican elected yes. people are, but the Republican grassroots, we're fighting back like crazy. Right. You know, we've, and, got, and they, we've got legislation here that would remove the deep state. We've got enough legislation right now that would destroy the deep state. Right. But, but, but some and of I've the got crazy more in reaction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of the crazy reaction is because 
they are so accustomed to playing certain tricks. Right. And like, for example, if we, if we corruptly indict your candidate, of course the Republicans are going to turn on him. No, because we don't, why not? Because we're not stupid. <laughs> you know, we've seen this movie before. I mean, this is like, this is like Jaws 19 or, you know, Rocky 37. How many times have we seen, I mean, how many times are you going to play the same movie and mm-hmm. and think we still don't know how it ends? Yeah. Um, Lucy and the they football. Just, they, just, <laughs> yeah. they just think we're stupid. Um, and, you know, so, so like, well, don't you care that he's been indicted? Not when we know what you're doing. It's like, it's like, Dor- it's like Dorothy and the, Ponto, what? Oh shoot! What's the dog's name? Toto, um, pulling back the curtain. Mm-hmm. We've seen. Okay, here's my motto for the day: We've seen behind the curtain, and you're not fooling us anymore. You know the the problem is we we've seen what's behind the curtain, and but you know done. what though there's still. There's nothing Pianki to talk about too. So Pianki, feel free to join in. But we talk about the fact that the the Republicans would rather um, complain. Uh, this includes talk show hosts, media people, you know, even uh, Steve Bennett to a certain extent. They would rather complain. I mean, he was screaming and yelling, you know, all about the, the, the debt. Remember when the big debt crisis was going on, the debt stealing and, uh, you know, McCarthy's deal. And we've got to do something about it. And I kept sending him emails. I said, dude, look, I've got the solution right here. Why don't you just, and I've got his, you know, I got some pretty good emails for him, all right? You know, and some other people that I know over at Lindell TV. Uh, not Mike Lindell yet, but I'm working on it. And I said, mm-hmm. look, here's your solution. And he never read it, never said a thing. In fact, the other people that I contacted never gave it to him. I said, and like, well, what's the disconnect here? You've got the, you, you know, if, in fact, how, can, how simple can it be to not say that the solution is to stop Congress borrowing money? You take out one sentence of the Constitution and it's done. What's so hard to right. understand? Well, is it, that, is it too simple? The yeah. Republican leaders think we're stupid, mm-hmm. too. They, they think that if they just mouth these talking points, mm-hmm. that we'll be so stupid that we'll think, oh, he's on our side. Mm-hmm. And we won't. And it's true that <clears throat> most people are busy. They're busy, you know, packing the school lunch for the kids for tomorrow. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they've got bills to pay. They've got, you know, it, it is true that the that Republican voters don't have a lot of extra time to spend on on, on following things. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that Republican voters are stupid. <laughs> and, and so, the, 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 for example, when <clears throat> Obamacare, it was very popular <clears throat> to um, repeal Obamacare. Right. So what people like Mitch McConnell um, said where it was, oh, we've got in Karl Rove, and I'm like, yes, but we have to, we have to win back the House. So we can't do anything until we win the House. So we win the House. Oh, the and, we'll get them next time theory? That's <laughs> what that is. Yeah, we'll next, next exactly. Yeah. And so then we have, to be, we have to win the Senate. So mm-hmm. if we win the Senate, then we can repeal it. Right. And we got the Senate. And, like, we need the White House. And, <clears throat> and then they lost the Senate, but they had, uh, and, and like with Trump, Trump explains, but he doesn't like hit hit on it because he's got a lot of things to talk about. But um, you know, they <clears throat> they said we will do it in the lame duck session. <laughs> they didn't. 
I mean, when, when, when they had the House and the Senate, at least during, you know, from the, from the time of the election until the new Senate came in, right. they could have repealed Obamacare, mm-hmm. at least financially. No, yeah. they didn't. No, they had the House, the Senate, and the White House briefly for the first two years of Trump's term. They had all three. And that's the only time they didn't. Yeah, and they had Paul Ryan, but they refused to uh, investigate. They refused to. Well, here's another thing they could do, too. It's on my list. You know, they could treat uh, Democrats in the House like uh, Democrats treat them. No amendments. You know, don't talk in the hearings. Shut the hell up. Uh, We don't want to hear from you. They could do that, but they won't. So I call it the equal protection bill, you know, for in the House, that the House should treat Republic Democrats the way the Democrats treat the Republicans, but they won't do that. Tell my list. Yeah, but it's like it, it's like a bad wife. Yeah. Who won't leave her husband? Because like, bad oh wife. yes, he yes he batters me, but you know I deserve it. I yeah. deserved it. Yeah. That's our Republican well, leadership. All right, let's get uh, – I had a bunch of other things I want to talk about here. Um, have you – this is kind of like personal stuff, action radio stuff. Uh, were you able to look up whether we are on the, the lawsuit, the Doty, Judge Doty, the, the Biden v. Missouri lawsuit, or any of the children's health defense lawsuits we're supposed to be? You can tell me off the air. I don't. I don't. I'm having – there's like three different ones, and I didn't see the one I found that has children's health – Network and and Kennedy on it does not right. have you or Action Radio, but it might so have a bunch of people. Now, is there like a subgroup, or because we're supposed to be attached to that somewhere? I don't know. There is an amicus brief filed somewhere, so I didn't look at. I, I wasn't okay. able to. <clears throat> there's no to there's that. no rush on it, but quite frankly, I, you know, if there's money to be had, you know, to for all the all that they have cost me, and and Action Radio you know, in suppression of my business that I can't do because I can't get, I can't advertise and I can't put it out there on social media. You know, they've cost me hugely. Well, you might, you might need to file a motion to intervene um, huh. and ask to be joined, joined to the lawsuit. Well, I've already asked you, I'm supposed to be on it. You know, I've got connections with children's self-defense and I'm supposed to have already been put on well, it. I just want to confirm that's, and they, they can't, I can't get to the people. I can't get to the lawyers because they're too busy. Well, I, I think I think if their lawyers are not talking to you, that's not a good sign that they've okay. they've closed the loop. I think something something's dropped along the way. Yeah. I mean, if they, I mean, lawyers are busy and they've got, you know, it's like <clears throat> when we get a new client, they all assume that we were sitting around watching TV and have nothing to do. Hmm. Um, you know, and you know they they don't they don't seem to get the idea that we have other clients. Um, so um they uh, you know so um um you know I, I can understand they might not drop everything to talk to you but if, no, just if tell me if I'm on the lawsuit that's all I want to, I just want to confirm that well, I'm, the, I'm supposed to have been but, added but uh, you know and I, I I'm not going to give names out right it's now kind of their, that's kind of their job right okay I'll talk to them to, uh, to, to I'll talk to them again to talk to you yeah. I mean, if, if, they're, if, they're not, if they're not finding some time somewhere to talk to you, then they probably didn't get the message or didn't close the loop. Yeah. Um, I have a neighbor here who's like, he's got a social security disability thing, and, you know, the, 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 the um, lawyer is going to make 36% off of 
his disability payment and he's doing all their work for them. Hmm. Um, so, um, well, you know, I, I, I would, you know, I don't know if I'd bash lawyers, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't give them an excuse either. You know, uh, I don't know what state that is, but in the state of Missouri, on uh, social security disability lawyers are limited about six thousand or six thousand five hundred dollars no matter what the total outcome is how do they get 36 percent where it unless it's yeah. uh unless it's twenty dollars <laughs> well i hope so of course you know I, most people don't take advice so you tell them what they should do and they don't do it, but whatever. But the point is, is that the lawyers, that's supposed to be the lawyer's job is, you know, is if you are part of the lawsuit, I mean, we have, we have two, we have two COVID related lawsuits against Atlas Air and United. And each of them have over a hundred plaintiffs, not, not a class action, but individual plaintiffs. And yeah, we have to we have to notify all of them. Um, so, you know, and it, yeah, it's a lot of work and it's a pain in the neck, but it's part of the job. So right. I don't know why they wouldn't be confirming to you, getting your signature on things. Well, I'm gonna, to, I'm uh, gonna give them a, I'm gonna give them a call and find out. Well, I'll do that after the show. Um, but speaking yeah. of, of of lawyers, there was um, something I was talking to you about off the air, and I'm so curious about it that. Going along with our theme that these people are, are persecuting, prosecuting Trump because they, they don't want to get persecuted themselves for stealing the government. That is there any kind of standing that they would have to show? Do they have to show that this is not political? Is there any law or any any standard or any judicial those made up judicial proceedings that uh, that Trump folks could use against uh, you know Jack Smith and say, look, this is purely political. You can't even bring this. You, you can't accuse me of these charges. You can't even bring charges against me because you're doing it for purely political reasons. You, you don't have standing to bring the case. Is there anything that no, we can not, use in reverse? Not well. Not really. Um, okay. It's a little more complicated. I mean, the thing is, is if if there is plausible facts, reasonable basis to reasonable grounds that that a crime has been committed, the court system is going to let the prosecutor invest and the investigative people investigate and present their evidence. And if you, if you, if you ask them, I mean, for example, if someone, if someone is aware, you know, if someone is aware of a, of a bank heist mm-hmm. and they, 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 they drop a dime on the person because he cheated, you know, on her with some other woman, the courts traditionally look at it and says, well, I don't care why they brought it to our attention. If there's mm-hmm. a crime, we're going to prosecute it, regardless of why. Of course, that assumes a day in which people would actually follow the actual real law <laughs> and their facts are well, completely, uh, completely phony. So when can you bring prosecutorial misconduct? Do you have to wait till the end of a trial? Or can you bring it up front and say, look, this, this whole trial is based on uh, a political uh, witch hunt. They're doing this for, they're not doing this for yeah. justice. Well, there is no justice here. But I mean, well, you have to be a little more connected to the case in that. You have to say this, this case is, is marred by prosecutorial misconduct, okay. which it is in January 6th and Trump. Right. 
because they're, they're, they're lying. I mean, you know, we've been fighting this battle that the judge, again, everything that you can think of, like moving the venue to out of the DC, the lawyers Mm -hmm. are filing all those motions furiously and and usually unpaid because nobody's donating. Um, Well, that's another issue. Where, where's Heritage? Where's Cato? Where's, uh, you know, where's any of the big, uh, fun, where are the conservative corporations? Where's uh, Black Rifle Coffee, for that matter? I mean, anybody. Is, My patrons, where, where's Glock and, and Ruger? Do they got money? Well, would somebody say something mean about them? Because if somebody might say something mean about them, then they're not going to, they're not going to have anything <laughs> to do with that. Well, they all. <laughs> I love your sarcastic um, tone. They bring you this case. They bring his case based on something that Donald Trump said in a speech, but they won't tell you what it was. You got the speech, you read the speech, you don't see where anything possibly can legitimatize their prosecution. So what is it that they read in the speech that everyone else can't read? Yeah. Well, that that's yes. where that's the prosecutor that's the prosecutorial misconduct. They're lying. Okay. Right. I mean to point out and say and say they brought this case, they lied. And they lied with malice aforethought because they're politically motivated. Mm-hmm. But, but you can't just say that because it's politically motivated, that ought to, because if the courts have traditionally said that if there really is a crime there, we don't care why it came to our attention. But if they're, okay. but if they're lying, which they are, I mean, you know, I, I'm seeing, everyone will say that the, 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 government, the federal government wins most of its cases. And I'm seeing in great detail, it's because they cheat. How, how does the federal government win criminal prosecutions? They cheat and they cheat and they cheat in, a dozen, in dozens of different ways. They cheat. They lie. And, and what they're saying about January 6th people is a flat-out lie. What they're saying about Trump is a flat-out lie. They just lie. And, and <clears throat> that, in fact, Sidney Powell <clears throat> started out with her book, called Licensed to Lie, saying that, that prosecutors just routinely lie and they get away with it. And um, that is prosecutorial misconduct in any, in any honest world. It may right. not be in the world of federal judges. It's like, oh, you know, that's just good. Because federal judges, are, they're just taking the attitudes like, well, that's for the jury. We'll let the jury sort that out. Knowing, knowing that, in fact, the jury is, is biased. Um, we had a case I went up to D.C. for, a uh, pastor from Florida, his son, and a parishioner. They went up there. They took video. There was absolutely no evidence against them at all, except, um, except they went in the building for nine minutes. Mm-hmm. And, they, and of, the, of the four standard misdemeanors, the first one is going into a restricted area. <clears throat> Maybe you could say they'd be convicted of that. But the other three things... There was zero evidence at all, and um, and they were convicted by a jury. Um, they they so well, that should be thrown out. You know, but I know it has to go on appeal and things, and a, and a decent judge would throw that out, or at least one juror would say something. You know, if there's absolutely well, no there evidence. Was a, there, there, there was a juror on that case that I thought was going to follow the law, because huh. I I know some, I know some things about where he worked, I know oh. their mentality, and as a government, I mean, he, he's, he's a government, he was a government agency, 
He, he worked. He's a government bureaucrat. There's, I mean, <clears throat> here, here's what happened. So I was there for jury selection, and the judge is asking the, the potential jury from D.C., you know, do you, have you formed an opinion about January 6th? Yes. What's your opinion? It was a, it was a violent, you know, insurrection. Like, uh, and the judge said, okay, but if I instructed you to set aside your preconceived ideas and just listen to the evidence, could you um, nevertheless be fair? And the juror says, not really. And like, well, really, if I I just, I mean, could you just, is there some chance? Is that called leading the witness? (laughs) Oh, my God. It was, it was, it was, I mean, it would. It's like a, a Monty Python skit oh my God. of the of this you know Judge Judge Bates. Listen, you know, it's like I, I drew I, at the at the lawyer's table. I drew a picture when I'm not I am not good at drawing anything of <laughs> a man beating a dead horse, and they gave it yeah. showed it to the to the. You know, I mean, he was just he he. They were telling. I mean, I I I tend to think they were trying to get out of jury duty because you know it's mm-hmm. like you know how to say that. But but the thing is, it's like they kept saying, "No, I cannot be fair." And he said, "But are, are you sure? Maybe if you, if you really, <laughs> if I really instructed you, could you maybe be fair?" Like, no. Who's well, <laughs> to say the instructions would be fair? Given the demographics, <laughs> given the demographics of D.C. and the political leanings, how could you ever get a fair trial for someone like Donald Trump? You can't. You're not going to find a jury that's not impartial because they get their information from a biased news source, mm-hmm. media source. That's a good point. Right. And I would say that, that no one can serve on a jury for January 6th if they work for the federal government. Uh, they, they should be excluded immediately. Conflict of interest. I would think so. And um, Because if Donald Trump is going to drain the swamp, you got the swamp serving on the damn jury. <laughs> Very I mean, yeah. But, but, yeah. but what I was leading, yes, absolutely. And what what I was saying is, there were enough, there are when the jury pool comes in. Oh, oh, on the same jury, there was a retired journalist. Is the information we had, and I'm sitting there at the table, furiously trying to look people up on social media or on other tools we have to try to find out more about him. This woman who is just listed as retired journalist, she worked at the Washington Post. <laughs> oh, God. She was, trying, she was trying to get on the jury um, from the Washington Post. And, and she, she said that she left in 2009. On her Facebook page, it said, it said she was still there in 2018. So she lied. She's, li- she's lying to get on the jury. And um, fortunately, she ended up not, I mean, when they boiled down the, the list, she just kind of ended up, I don't know, somehow not being, be, being on, on the list. Cause, cause they, and they only give us three strikes, we, we, three discretionary strikes. So out of well, that, that's easy to get around. You, you just have 12 jurors that are totally biased, and once your three strikes are up, the, they have, you've got to take the rest. And shouldn't she be also charged with perjury, trying to get on an official government position? An assembly? I would. She it's fraud. I think it's fraud. Well, well, she lied on the on the jury form, but yeah, it's fraud too. 
because she's there to throw the verdict. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a movie called Runaway Jury. Oh, I've everybody, seen it. Just, long ago. Just just for amusement, everybody should see it or watch it. I mean, Gene Hackman, is, right? Gene Hackman. Um, oh shoot, what's the people's names? Um, some babe. They uh, they um, what? Some babe? Yeah. There's, there's this babe. couple that Kate takes. Um, they they move around the country. Uh-huh. For years, angling to get on the jury, and they and they manage they manage to finally pull it off on one of these gun control cases. Hmm. Um, so it's 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 really worth watching. I mean, I I don't think all the high tech, you know, I'm not sure everything about it is realistic. Don't get me wrong, but but it but it just makes you think is all. Um, but anyway, so you know, people are moving for venue. People, I mean, like Pete Santelli is just, and other people are just like, I mean, we, we have the January 6th legal defense community kind of eating each other uh, in a bad way. They're, um, you know, they're, they're, they're attacking each other and things like that because everybody thinks everybody else is making money. I don't know how you make money off of people who don't have any money. Um, you know, it's like, it's like trying to have a Ruth's Chris in you know a in a slum or something where people don't have any money I don't I don't see how that works but worst but name for a restaurant that, ever yeah I don't know why why well anyway so so the thing is but the thing is, is that everybody's attacking each other but but they don't realize is that everything you can imagine why don't the why don't the the, the they do do this why don't they try that they are. There's only one thing I know of that we don't have time to get to that I'm trying to get back to. Um, but it's just, it's just, we're, the thing is with the John Pierce law firm, which mm-hmm. they're raising money through the national constitution law union, and we desperately need donations. We, we have taken on, I mean, I'll just say my perspective is we've taken on way too many January six cases. And it's, and like every, every night for me is like, Oh, we forgot we have a deadline. And, and it's, Federal court, you can file it electronically up until midnight, which means basically you have to do it by 11 to make sure that you don't have a technical problem. And then you have to, I have, I keep forgetting to do it early enough for everybody to review it. So like every day there's, there's, you know, tyranny of the urgent. And, um, but the fact is that if we didn't help these guys, nobody would. I mean, yes, there's a couple, um, Joe McBride is, has a, a group, there's a few other people, but a lot of these lawyers, they take on one, they get financially drained and exhausted, then maybe they take on two or three and then they quit. We're, we're getting effective, I believe, even though I don't think, you know, we can overcome the judges, mm-hmm. um, because, because we're, we've done this so many times now that we see all the, the tricks, whereas most of the lawyers, they don't know all these tricks because they just do, do one case or two cases. And, and they're getting bamboozled. Um, but in any event, so, uh, I mean, it's, <clears throat> we're, we're overloaded. But if we, but, but we're looking at these people coming to us, like, how can we just turn them away? And, you know, where are all the other lawyers? They're all frightened. Where are the donors? Um, and, um, you know, so, and the thing is, is like they, they say, you know, Trump says he's helping the January 6th people. And like, I don't see that 
because they're all coming to us desperate. You That's know, what it, I was wondering too. Nothing. Where's Trump? Where's Trump? Where are his yeah. friends? Where are the conservative donors? Where are, you know, are all the conservative donors deep state? Are they all the Jeb Bushes? Are they all donating to all these stupid candidates? Uh, um, DeSantis and Swami and well, Swami, we talked about him being the new, the new Obama. We did, we did that last week. It was kind of fun. Um, I had um, Jerome Bell on. Oh, we, we, had, we ripped him apart last Thursday. Um, if he's close Asa to me, Hutchinson. somebody raised something about uh-huh. his being a, a naturally, natural-born citizen. No, I think he's a natural-born citizen, but I, what I find it fascinating is that his parents are, are from India, and he has absolutely no accent. That, to me, is unusual. Because most people, when they learn of the language of their parents, Hindi would probably be his first language. He should, I mean, Dinesh is, 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 is he's, I think he's born here, but uh, he's, he's still got traces of an Indian accent. Right. Or did he move, well, or did he move here? The, the other thing I've tried to get through, and the thing is, is Stuart Rhodes has been saying since January 2022, if uh-huh. not before, that if you don't help us fight the, I don't, I don't know the right terminology, but the trenches several lines out, mm-hmm. they're going to overrun the trenches and they're going to be in the headquarters. Yeah. And they're going to, they're, they're going to end up, he's been saying for a year and a half, they're going to indict Trump. You well, remember, to when fight we that, uh, remember when we made that recording, you know, when Stuart Rhodes called us, he called us twice from the Oklahoma federal prison. And I said the second time, I said, do you have a message for Congress and do you have a message for President Trump? And he laid out two very careful messages. I sent them to my congressman, Marjorie Taylor Greene, a bunch of other folks. I sent out press releases several times. I sent to every Trump person I know, uh, the two people that were on the show from the Trump uh, campaign, uh, Christina Bob and Peter Navarro. And I don't know if Trump ever saw them. I don't know if uh, members of Congress ever, ever got beyond the ones they sent it to. I don't even know if the ones they sent it to, like my own congressman, Matt Gates, ever listened. And this is a year ago March. You know, and so uh, we every time we try to do something good, we, we give them everything they could possibly need, you know, and, well, and why, they still don't. They still won't. They still won't fight for themselves. It's why, like throwing why, people a life, why, life jacket and they don't put it on. What's wrong with you people? Exactly. No, you're exactly right. I mean, because yeah. the thing and people don't understand that and he's got bad lawyers. Um, people say, well, Trump won't listen to his lawyers. Someone in his position, probably it's hard to get them to listen to advice. But but they don't understand that if we if we had if we had knocked down some of these lies as Bianchi point in the, the prosecutorial misconduct if we had had right. the funding and the personnel to aggressively promote the truth and and demand that the prosecutors stop lying and 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 follow the rules <clears throat> we it would this whole thing would would come to Trump like a you know a, a tepid little little you know, wavelet on the beach instead of a mm-hmm. tsunami. I mean, we, we could have beat over the last year and a half, we could have beaten it back to the point where <clears throat> it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a threat to, to Trump, but nobody understands that. Um, mm-hmm. And I realize that's not a, you know, an obvious point, but, but that's the way it is. Well, what are the judges? Can, <laughs> can you investigate the judges and see if they have a conflict of interest? Well, they do have a conflict of interest because they, because they, Many of them live in the District of Columbia. Okay, so that's a conflict. And, and, they're employed by the government. And, they're they're probably well, Democrats. Well, that, but that, you know, I mean, I can think of several conflicts of interest. But the conflict of interest law, especially for judges, <clears throat> considers who would be better. So if you say, well, yeah, but all federal judges, so you 
it, all federal judges are employed by the government. So if you transferred it to Oklahoma, how would that be? How would that improve? Hmm. Um, but but in but the District of Columbia has sued on behalf of D.C. citizens. So in effect, the D.C. judges, the federal judges in D.C., are being represented in a lawsuit on the same topic. <clears throat> you know, so they cannot. They cannot sit on these on these cases. You mentioned earlier but, that uh, that Congress controls D.C., and we know that Congress the only the only court that's required by the Constitution is the Supreme Court. Congress can set up or yeah. close down inferior courts. If Congress had any balls, what they'd really do is close down all the D.C. courts and force these trials, which is where they belong. Right, <clears throat> but they won't. Right. That's another idea. Yeah. I mean, I would remember um, the judges. You know, I mean, th- these people have way too much conflict of interest. And as I've always said, you know, the, the, the whole idea of, of our judicial reform, that the idea that judges are giving instructions, they shouldn't be giving instructions. The jury should be giving the judge instructions. The judge represents the government. Judge is the umpire just to make sure the rules of evidence are followed properly. And if they don't, they should be removed. But the real power right. is the jury. The jury should be giving the but instructions. The, but, but Congress has the explicit power in the Constitution <clears throat> to define the jurisdiction of what that what the Constitution calls the inferior courts, inferior to the Supreme right. Court. Okay. So they don't they don't they could simply yank certain topics away from the federal from the federal trial courts. They could say, look, you know, the, the seditious conspiracy or these things are such an inherently um, biased thing with regard to. Um, with regard to the federal government, that those things have to go somewhere else. I mean, the whole idea of diversity jurisdiction is that you shouldn't be sued in, say, Nebraska, where all the people are going to side with their local guy. Mm-hmm. That's written into our Constitution. The idea that that if you um, if you you know if you're hailed into another court there's a bias with the local people supporting their own people. And that's explicit in the constitution. Well, why doesn't that apply to the district of Columbia? Um, but, you know, <clears throat> we're trying, I mean, like I say, people are filing motions to change transfer venue. A lot of these motions are getting denied. A lot of these judges, these motions are simply being ignored. The judge never rules on them. Um, but anyway, so so let's get back. So I want to get so, so that that's our excursion, I guess. Uh, there were some other things on, on January 6th I wanted to uh, to talk about. But basically, you you know, the problem is, you said if the Republican Party had any balls, which of course they don't. Um, there, I mean, why 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 do something difficult when you can just pretend you're doing it? That's the Republican Party, yeah. and 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 it's not just a you know, and there, everyone should also watch the BBC News um, comedy back when the BBC was not so left woke, but it was from the 80s during Margaret Thatcher's uh, role called Yes, Prime Minister. Um, mm. There are places you can pay way too much money, but you can get um, the entire DVD set for as little as like thirty nine ninety five if you shop carefully. It's wicked political commentary and insight. But it's the same thing. It's about the um, 
you know, for example, the prime minister, the, the, the career bureaucrats, you know, the, the prime minister has an idea and they say, oh, that's awfully brave, Mr. Prime Minister. What? What? You know, like he's terrified that, you know, when they, when he, when they say that his policies are brave, like he's terrified that he's, do, he's overstepping. So anyway, um, mm-hmm. back to one, I did want to zigzag. Um, I think Sound of Freedom, the movie, okay. yep. is going, it, I think we're at a tipping point. And, you know, because we talked about how the American from what people to what? are not Sitting from what to what? I, I, th- I, think, I think we may see a citizen army rise up. And the thing is, is the, su- the, 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 the subject matter of Sound of Freedom is certainly worthy of a massive <clears throat> response. Um, but that's not, you know, I'm not just looking at it as an advocate of, you know, fighting child sex trafficking, which is certainly a vastly important topic. But also, when Trump has a, has a showing at Bedminster golf course, his Bedminster golf course, Jared and Ivanka, who, who have the centrism disease, you know, they've got like the long, they've got the long COVID of can't we all just get along and um, let's be bipartisan and, you know, let's just, well, Jared you know, Kushner really undermined Trump's policy in the Middle East. Wasn't he making side deals and doing all kinds of really nasty stuff behind the scenes? And that's why you got taken off a lot of things. That's what I heard. And I think not, and not just that, but I think, you know, he and others were undermining personnel choices. So okay. the, the Trump administration was filled with non mega, um, <clears throat> you know, Fox News Republicans who were obstructing mm-hmm. Trump all along the way. Um, <clears throat> that's but, but really the biggest. Watch? Yeah, that's one of the biggest issues in the next Trump administration. Is. This is their their organizations now trying to pick people that are good, but he has to reach down. That's whole, that's what Schedule F is all about. He's got to reach down thousands. I mean, you know, like I don't know how many people are employed by the federal government, like a million people. He's got to get rid of at least yeah. half to three quarters of them. And, and really the, just rebuild the, the whole federal government. Yeah. We, we, the, the political appointees that we are familiar with, the cabinet secretaries, the de- deputy secretaries, those, mm-hmm. the high-level leaders are incredibly important. The, forget who, I think it was the Reagan administration. I think it was maybe J- Jack Kemp who promoted the saying, personnel is policy. Because it's like one of those things that um, nobody pays, paid any attention to. It's like, oh, these things, you know, just hire somebody. It doesn't matter. Hmm. And with Reagan and, and Kemp's philosophy, they, they put out, yes, it does matter. Who you hire dictates the policy. And mm-hmm. Trump didn't do that. Because uh, yep. I'm, saying, I'm saying that just hire anybody was always the norm. The idea that who you pick in policy, who you, who you hire determines what happens was a novel idea and it's obvious common sense, but it was not the norm. Um, So, you know, just saying, well, you take care of it. You know, it's like, it's, you know, just like whatever. Um, Well, that's uh, corporate. If you're in a corporate, you've got a hierarchy. You know, if you don't do your job, you're fired. 
you know, and that goes all the way down. So the CEO makes big policy and the, the vice presidents make uh, more, you know, narrower policy. And then the district managers all the way down to the local supervisors, you know, and, and right. the shop stewards, you know, it goes all the way down. But they have a hierarchy. And if you don't follow the rules, you know, from the, the top person, then uh, you get fired. But in government, well, imagine, they don't care. There, there's in their own little kingdoms. Yeah. Imagine you're the captain of the ship. Right. And you give orders and and move the rudder and move the engines and nothing changes. Hmm. You're navigating a ship. You're, you're running a ship and, and the controls don't work. Everything you everything you decide and you send the decision down the line nothing happens. That's government. Hmm. The president gives well, order. I mean, I with Trump. You, you can look at the grin that, uh, like Barr, he was useless. He, they got the look on their face. They hear him say something, and they say, you think I'm going to do that? <laughs> they got the look on their face. I love it. That's right. That's right. But that's when you fire um, them. You know, he's like, got to be like, absolutely ruthless this next time. He has to be absolutely ruthless. Any disagreement, well, I mean, any that, problem, uh, you know, uh, if, it's a, if it's, you know, not doing what the policy is. Now, if they disagree because they've got a, a, an argument with policy, so look, I, here are my reasons I think this is a mistake. That's different. But right. if they're just exactly. obstructing, they need to go. I don't care who they are. Exactly. And, I would and, fire and, Barr. Uh, you know, as soon as Barr said, well, it's not enough of an election fraud to uh, change the result. You're gone, pal. You're gone right there because you've just proven to me that you have no interest in investigating criminal election fraud. Bye. I would have fired him right there just for saying that, Jonathan. Yeah, no, that's right. Because at the end of the Reagan administration, I, I got a career job. I was going to say excuse me, that we have all these top level things. And then there are about 3,000 <clears throat> political appointments mm-hmm. of things that you probably never hear of. Mm-hmm. Um, they're under Schedule C, confidential um, assistant. Uh, you know, right, I've heard about this. Okay. And, and so, so there's all the top level people, and mm-hmm. there's at least three thousand people who the president can, you know, they. they um, I mean, it used to be that on January twentieth at eleven fifty nine a.m., all these confidential assistants just boom, they're gone. Um, now that you know the Democrats can hang on until you formally officially fire them. But in any event, you know the president could, the president could walk in at 9 a.m. and fire any of these 3,000 people oh, right off the bat. Clinton then, fired all the U.S. The, attorneys. You know that was the first thing he did, yeah. and then they fired the travel office. And then there are other there are other exceptions like Schedule A as attorneys and and experts and professionals. So. So a set, and, and, and the Democrats are expert at using all these um, me, uh, mechanisms and these ins and outs, and Republicans are horrified at it. For example, I have lifetime vesting as a, as a career bureaucrat. I tried to oh. get Republicans to hire me back because I was there for five years. Right. So, you know, I could get a phone call right now from a conservative in the, in the, in their, the government and I could be working in the government by the end of the day. But, but no, but we don't, we don't use those techniques because we're horrified. Oh, that would be outside. That would be out of the norm. Someone might say something mean. Um, you know, I would never do that. We have, to, we have to go, we have to beat our head against a brick wall and do it the hard yeah. way. But Democrats mm-hmm. don't. Democrats yep. use all, every possible trick 
to uh, to swamp. But anyway, so there's more than three thousand people that are, that the new president. I thought could, it was four. I heard it was four thousand, but that's okay. You might be. I you know it's been a while. It's been decades. Yeah, you might they're be right. Added. Four thousand. <laughs> you know how government grows. They've added. Yeah. Well, I want to hear about Schedule F before we get too far because I think that's a fascinating. I don't. Development. I don't. I don't I don't understand Schedule F idea. I don't understand. That. I do. I, I do. I haven't. Okay, I haven't looked, but I I, I don't get that. Well, let me tell um, you then. So, all right. Schedule F takes the top fifty thousand policymakers mm-hmm. and senior management. This is beyond the four thousand. This is about fifty thousand senior managers in policy. Anybody that affects policy and puts them mm-hmm. under the same uh, classification as if they were employed by a private company. In other words, they can be fired immediately. So that, and of course, Brandon immediately vetoed this. Trump put it in, but he didn't put it in until uh, October of uh, 20, it was like right before the election, the November election. He should have done that day one. So he can mm-hmm. do that. He can, he can reclassify all these employees. The other thing he can do that no one talked about, and I only discovered this by accident, I didn't realize that all the federal union people, uh, are the only reason they're there is because Kennedy, John Kennedy, signed an executive order. So Trump could remove the SEIU, the teachers' unions. He can get rid of all of them with the stroke of the pen, to quote a famous Obama person. Um, right. Kind of cool, right? So, so two things he could do. One is impose Schedule F and put 50, the top 50,000 people in government you know, under a, uh, uh, an at-will employment situation. And the second thing he could do is basically decertify all the federal unions, employee unions. That would be huge. He could also... The other thing that I've seen done is, is at the end uh-huh. of the Reagan administration, um, who was oh, Bill Bennett, who oh, the was occasionally, he, he, he was occasionally a hardcore, hard charger, although he's mostly a, a self-important blowhard. But he, um, <laughs> you know, he, he, occasionally, he occasionally did some good things when he wasn't talking right. about himself. But he... <laughs> uh, he um, he, they, they put into force this idea that managers could not get their bonus unless they hurt, hit certain targets. You never oh. saw any, any capitalist, hard-charging capitalist, move so fast as, as these bureaucrats whose, whose annual bonus was on the line. They, they, they would knock people over in the hallways. To get to get, and there, there were some specifics that I was involved in, but you know, he said, "Here, here are here are the hard targets you have to meet to get your bonus." I mean, a bonus is discretionary, right? It's not like you don't you don't have a right to get a bonus, right? And were they, these, they, they would. Hmm? What was it? A budget thing? You had to meet a certain budget, or you had to spend a certain amount, well, or you it, had to it, save it, a certain amount, or what? What were the criteria? It it depended upon the, the, the manager, on their, their, their huh. type, the type of manager. In my area, it had to do with resolving um, audit exceptions, which was a big deal because they thought a lot of the grants and contracts were bleeding money. Hmm. So, so the Reagan people were really hot about when the auditors would find something wrong, they wanted them enforced. So they were really they, – it doesn't sound sexy, but they were really hot about it. Did and Trump it, bring those manager, people in at all? Because I remember I had David Stockman on the show. He was the Reagan's budget director. He was fascinating. Um, but did, did, did Trump either employ Reagan-type management policies like that, which I'm sure were very good, or even some of the Reagan people who are still around, like Stockman, or did he just try and wing it himself? Well, I mean, 
I mean, to, to my knowledge, no. But then again, how do you know if you come from outside of politics who are the good people and who are the bad people? You no, don't I don't know. go ahead. No, you don't know. You made mention of Bill Bennett. Remember, he made the statement that if you wanted to stop and reduce crime, abort all black babies. Which the Democrats don't mind doing it. That's pretty bad. But again, you know, these, these are the policies that could be done, but will they? You know, has Trump learned enough during these four years that when he comes back, that he'll be able to actually do these kind of things to reduce the government, get rid of all these people, get rid of all the folks that uh, in the White House, the Eric Chiramellas, the spies, the ones that are leaking all his conversations, you know, all the things that happened to him. It's actually, in many ways, it's a really good thing he gets this four-year break because he gets to evaluate everything. Because if he went right from the first term to the second term, he wouldn't have a chance to evaluate this. He'd be making the same mistakes and the same impeachments that would be coming up and the same criminals in his administration, the same people who are uh, loyal to Obama and, and every other Democrat would still be there. Now he's got a chance to come in and rebuild an entirely new government and do it right this time. So it's kind of an interesting little twist of faith <coughs> that, that he, he, he got the election stolen from him. But in the long run, it may, we may get a better government the next time. It's just kind right, of but just you got to make some serious changes to civil service, too. But to circle back again, um, for any, you know, if Ronald Reagan came back from the grave and, I mean, because even he was able to set like about three or five big themes and work on those. And he didn't, he was not able to do everything. But if you're the captain of the ship and you give orders and no, and all the crew just stands there and looks at you like, you know, who, you know, who, and I'm on my break. I'm not doing that. Um, then, then, then you, you keel haul them. You throw them overboard. Yeah, well, you you right. hang them. But how, <laughs> You've but, got to do something drastic. But my point is, is that how much can Trump or anybody else do if he has to do it all, all by himself? Well, he can't do it by himself, but he can do a lot. Because any policy that gets executed, he, he can do that. Now, well, let, let me ask you this. When, when the president signs an executive order, who actually carries the paper and makes sure that's enforced? Where does it go? Nobody. So I'm going to tell you my story. It goes over to the Office of Management Budget. The Office right. of Management Budget uh, at the new executive office building um, distributes it. They may turn it into a circular, which gives it more detail. And then it goes out to the various departments and agencies where it is completely ignored. Okay. I, I was going to tell you my story where... I worked for Gordon Reardon under Hazel Fires and Kristen Cobb, uh, was it? The Estonian. I keep telling about how the, her relatives got interrupted by the phone operator in Estonia. Um, they, um, <laughs> you that one, yeah. I was, I, you know, I, I was the low man on the totem pole. I was just, you know, along for the ride. But Gordon Reardon would take Reagan's executive orders, which was his job, and we'd go out and have meetings with all the different offices around the Department of Education. And we'd say, you know, the president has ordered that. And, and you know, we talk about, you know, she talked about the fakes. They're looking like, yeah, so? You know, this is an order of the president. Like, yeah. Yeah, uh, see, that's, that's, and, that should be fireable right there. That's why I think Schedule F is going to be good. Well, here's... 
I'm sorry, I want you to tell you a story. I've got an executive order here that came up uh, in the hearings uh, with uh, RFKG. So, oh, were you going to tell me um, um, you know, another story about that? Or, oh, but that's it. They just don't care. No, that was it. Don't. Okay, all right. I'm giving so you here's, a short version. So here's one that came up. So, so I found there's something called the American Presidency Project, and they seem to have all the executive orders. Uh, they have the one that Kennedy signed, you know, authorizing employee unions. Again, they could, they could be decertified. That would be hysterical if he actually just repealed that. But the, here's the big one, Executive Order 13747, Advancing Global Health Security Agenda to Achieve a World Safe and Secure from Infectious Disease Threats. Guess when this one was signed? Uh, where, I don't know. 20, 2016. So when was COVID? Oh, 2019. Wow. 2019. So Obama signs... An executive order, 13747, advancing the global health security agenda to achieve a world safe and secure from infectious disease threats three years before COVID. And what does this thing do? It connects all the government agencies together. It allows them to monitor communication. It's basically the censorship doctrine. This is the executive order that set up the mechanism by which all these government agencies could talk to each other and talk to worldwide, their counterparts worldwide, and censor information they didn't want. So in other words, before COVID, three years before COVID, they're already coordinating uh, the ability to censor. How's that for interesting? Yeah, that's, that, that should get into the, um, into the censorship lawsuits for sure. Well, it already is. I mean, th- th- I got this from Children's Health Defense. They had a special. I was watching the video this morning before the show. That's what I learned about. So, yeah. Interesting, huh? And then I got the pandemic playbook. Then The second thing I got was Trump's pandemic playbook, which he was given um, also in 2016, three years before the uh, COVID epidemic. So that's why Judy Mikevitz calls it a plandemic. Yeah, which some people have. Well, again. um, Mm -hmm. But that order seems to be followed. So Trump's orders don't get followed and Obama's orders did? That's what it looks like. Right. Right. Okay. I mean, that's, um, I mean, we, you know, we, we found that when, when the Democrats ran the House and the Reagan administration, then, then the, um, mm-hmm. the Blush administration, as they, as they, uh, my friend says, um, mm-hmm. they, <clears throat> um, you know, they would try to get them to do things that the Democrats didn't want to do, and the, and the Department of Education bureaucrats would run up the hill and get the Democrats to save them to, from, from Reagan's orders. Um, but anyway, so... Well, let me ask you. we got 15, 17 minutes left. i got two huge issues uh, that I think uh, are worth covering. One is the whole idea of the Trump electors. I, I want to know what you know about the Trump, especially in Michigan. Right. Why... If this was a free and fair election, would they worry about electors from a previous election? If it was a free, this is a rhetorical question. Right. Well, that's. Yeah. A, I mean, that that <coughs> I can't add anything to that except you should keep saying it. But okay. um, the electors apparently it's come out now that Obama plans mm-hmm. to set alternative send alternative electors. Well, here's what here's what I remember. I remember this fairly clearly that there were many ways that they wanted to sabotage the election. So Hillary loses. And then what they tried to do was they tried to stop the Republican electors from voting for Trump. They even had death threats. They had all kinds of things. They did everything they could 
uh, and they were saying part of the vote counts. And there, there was a move. Remember when they had like 16 states that said that the, uh, the election doesn't count. We're going to go by the national popular vote. That's how we're going to swing our electors. I'm not sure where that's going right now, but that's still out there. Um, and then uh, but there were there were some serious threats, you know, to these folks. Right. Uh, if they voted for Trump. Well, you want to talk about election right. interference? <laughs> I mean, you know, and then it got worse when Trump won in 2020. Uh, the Republican electors, I know in Michigan, they were they were barred from going into to cast their votes for Trump. I remember the, the tape recording of the lawyer standing outside. I said, look, I'm well, a lawyer. You, but, can't, but you me, can't block me. And the, and the Democrat governor well, I, kept the Republican electors from from going into cast ballots for Trump. So they actually stopped well, the Trump electors. The governor did. Right. Well, I mean, what, what I can what I can you know maybe contribute. I mean, you have the obvious situation of um, where there's smoke, there's fire. It's a, it's a, it's a political argument that is a damn good one. <clears throat> and, um, I mean, they, they definitely look guilty as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, you know, it's like there's been a bank heist and, uh, <clears throat> you know, I'm digging up holes in my backyard to hide the, <laughs> you know, I'm putting in boxes in there. And, yeah, but don't ask about um, the holes. Don't ask about them because yeah, there's nothing there. There's no evidence don't, that there's don't anything ask. in the yeah. holes. <laughs> Doesn't everybody just dig holes in their backyard for no reason? Yeah. Sure. Well, doesn't um, everybody so, prosecute so, yeah, but, electors you know, from a three-year-old election? I mean, that's just weird. Well, here, but I mean, if if any common sense or law made any sense here at all, I mean, uh-huh. I mean, I mean, everything has to be understood that this is an alternate reality. In terms of the law and, you know, everything you could right. say, well, here's what the law says. Here's mm-hmm. the way it's supposed to work. We're not in that universe that, you know, we have we have the, right. the earth has gone through a hole in space and we're in an, in an alternate universe. Um, so that. nothing, yeah. nothing is happening in the way it should happen. It makes no sense okay. whatsoever. But if there's any sense to it, <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, one would have to say that people created an alternate set of electors and try to fraudulently pass it off as the only set of electors. I mean, to say that, but that's okay, the Brandon ones. Those, those are the false ones, the Brandon ones. See, this is what they were well, saying. Does, okay, These states okay, put two states. Go ahead. No, I'm, but I'm talking about if the law were applied properly, okay. the law would say, would say, okay, the, the corrupt Republican governors or other governors have sent in a set of electors and said, these are the correct ones. Everybody knows that. It's not, it, it, you know, it's like, <clears throat> it's like you buy, you, you buy a used car and it's got a giant dent in the side. Mm-hmm. And then you complain, oh, you didn't tell me there was a dent in the side. You're like, yeah, you could see it right there. Everybody knows that, that the, the establishment of the, the seven states sent uh, an, one set of electors. It's not like there's a secret. It's not like it's a mystery. You know, it's not like anybody's trying to pass off these other electors as if they're the official ones. But if you go to a court and you say, that is, you know, that is not my granddad's will. He signed a later one. The court is going to say, okay, show it to me. You can't say well, this is the wrong this is the wrong set of electors without saying here's my alternative. See, that's, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand it that way it, at all. I understand it differently. Go ahead, Pat, and then I'll. You can't have two sets of electors though. One's going to have to be eliminated, then put forth the next one that you think is right. 
right. that should come but from the not, state. But it, but it's not like it's not like they're going into into January sixth and saying this set of electors is really the one that the governor certified. That would be a lie. That would be fraudulent to say that you know when you know when the system certified a set of electors, this is the one. That's not true. But to say that you have an, you have a set of electors, uh-huh. we think this alternative should be used instead. That's not, there's no well, lie there. Well, wait a minute, John, hold on a second. Before you can have an alternative, you got to get rid of the ones that you sent previously. Right, but Congress, has that, right but, but, but Congress has the authority to decide. Co- Congress yeah, has the authority the to hear. But this no, is no, 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 I don't agree. From the state. I don't agree because, because when you go in on January 6th and somebody raises an objection and you say, um, this set of electors is wrong, you should use this one instead. They, the, the Congress oh. has well, the authority. Have okay, let me, let me, let me clear this up. I can clear this up. I, I can clear this up for both of you. Hold on just a second. The battleground states are, are battleground states because they had two sets of electors. The Republican state legislatures, who the, Cong- the Constitution gives authority to, sent in Trump electors. The governors and secretary of states, usually Democrats, sent in Brandon electors. Those are the fraudulent ones. Mike Pence, well, the states, first of all, the Republican legislature should, should have uh, voided the Brandon electors. That's what they should have done. They didn't. But they the can't. Okay, step, but, but, can't they? but well, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me go through the argument first. Hold on just a second here. So then we get to those two sets. So states are sending in two sets of electors, right? You got Trump electors, you got okay, Brandon but, electors. But, hold, wait, hold on, hold I, on. I think it won't be, it won't be clear when I, if I say it later. The point is, is no. that you can't choose you can, they, the Congress, who has the constitutional obligation and power to do mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. cannot choose which set of electors if you don't send them to. That's, well, that's what I I'm agree saying. With so you Mike, Pence, Mike Pence had to send those two slates back to the battleground states and say, give us one. He didn't do that. He you kept see, the brand I agree with that, too. He kept the. He violated the. He said, "I have to make a choice here, and I have to follow the Constitution." And then he completely voided the Constitution and picked Brandon electors. The but, state, but how do you, how right. do you choose? Hang on, hang but on. how do you choose? If you can choose at McDonald's, uh-huh. you can choose a Big Mac or you can have a Big Mac. No, I see that's what you're not saying. a choice. But well, here's, which the one thing, is, here's the other thing too: that the Congress is constitutional but, legal. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. During the challenge, and this is the whole point of the coup, the whole point of the coup was to stop the Trump electors from being considered. That's why BLM and Antifa and the FBI operatives went in when Arizona was being considered, when Trump supporters were still walking up to the Capitol. That's why they stopped it then. That's when they went underground. That's when the real coup took place. And they said, look, you're all going to accept the Brandon electors when we get back up top seven hours later. So the Trump electors... They're still out there. They're still viable. And this is the, this is the, the sort of Damocles that's hanging over all of these proceedings. This is why the Democrats are still going crazy, because they know if the states, the state legislatures ever ratify these Trump electors and cancel the Brandon electors, the whole election changes. That's what I'm saying. So Mike Pence well, had to send it back. He didn't do it. 
But then the next step was Congress had the chance to to pick one of the electors, either the Trump or the Brandon ones, and their only choice, Mike Pence only gave them the choice of the Brandon electors. They said, you can't pick the Trump electors. That's the problem. And that's the Trump where, electors that's where, that's where are, the, are still out there. That's what was that's wrong. The, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pence blew they it. They should have had the choice. They should have, they should have, they, they shouldn't have took the electors that were sent by the, the uh, secretary. Well, the, they should have took the electors that were sent by the legislature. Exactly. Which and would have been taken, Trump electors. Yes, exactly. If they'd taken the Trump electors from the state legislatures, as Congress was constitutionally bound to do, Trump would have been president because he had over 270, if you take those. Oh, they okay, didn't but, do that, but again, and that's the coup. The coup is but not again, taking... They can't, go ahead. Yeah, but they, again, they can't take, quote-unquote, the Trump electors if nobody sent them to them. But the state legislatures did. It, it, right, but, but I'm saying it can't... Them. Them. And my, my point and is, right. right, but I'm saying it can't be a crime. It can't be a crime to provide them with two choices. Well, I'm not saying it was the a only crime. Way, I'm saying the crime was in picking the, four of the state legislatures and saying the state legislature's choices the, don't see, count. That was the crime. The left is saying it's a crime. It, well, the left should have known the constitutional method. Yeah. See, the, the, left, the left's defense... Yeah, the left's defense is saying that uh, the Trump electors are the alternate ones when the Brandon ones are. The left's defense is always to attack Trump for insurrection while causing insurrection. So the defense of the left is to falsely accuse the other side of doing exactly what they're doing. It's the projection defense. So the Trump well, electors, well, right, but, if the Trump electors, but, why, why are the Democrats worrying about the Trump electors if they're not still a factor? They're still viable. Otherwise, why right, would you arrest them? Okay, fine. But, but the thing is, that's not the basis of the alleged crime. The alleged crime is fraud, is that, is that you presented these electors right. as being the, the act, being the official electors when they're not. It, well, it, it, why it, do you say it, they're it, not, though? They were, though, as far as the state legislatures were concerned, in the ballot well, that's, okay, but that's, that's what you're, – you're, you're jumping to the conclusion. Okay. The, the Democrats are saying that having two sets of electors is fundamentally fraudulent. Because Even there's only one. It. Right. Yeah, they do it so all how, the time. So, but, so how, do you but, pick, how do you pick the one, the legitimate one? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you got, you got two sets of electors, one is original, mm-hmm. one is fraud. The right. one that's fraud is the one that came from the Secretary of State. The one that's yep. original is the one that was provided for in the U.S. Constitution, which would have been the Trump electors. Yeah, I agree. And well, Pence should have known that. He's vice president. He, he should have no, known he, it. I agree with Ramasamy. Every 18-year-old yeah. no, should go through the same test that an immigrant does about the United States government. Apparently, these people at Congress don't know what their responsibilities are. We actually got that in the bill. No, they don't. By the way. But, but I, I, would, yeah. I would say it a little bit differently because okay. there are two sets of electors, and there are uh-huh. allegations that – that one of them is the result of fraud, not in the slate, but in the underlying votes. So, I mean, to present neither, neither slate of electors is fraudulent in and, in and of itself. They may reflect inaccurate results. One of them is wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't, I mean, so to, to how do you say decide? that How do you decide between the, con- the electors? Congress has the constitutional duty power and a process spelled out mm-hmm. in the constitution for how they decide. Right. And if you were so running a when, coup, 
if you're running a coup where you wanted to make sure that the brand and electors were picked, what better way to do it than to have a so-called insurrection up top and a real coup take place underneath where they twisted the arms? Because there was a lot of people, Kelly Leffler in particular, that said, I'll be taking the challenge. I'll be looking at the evidence. You know, we'll be looking at the Trump electors. And then as soon as the, they got back up top seven hours later, oh, for the good of the country, I'm voting for the Brandon electors because, you know, we know her arm was twisted under the Capitol. We know that's what was going on there. Right, but, but there's another, well, well it, yes, it's, I mean, it, the, their change of behavior is pretty obvious. But, but the thing yeah. is, is it, it's also, <clears throat> you're also telling Congress, you know, analogize, you know, think of them maybe a little bit like a judge. They're not, but, you know, yeah. think of them as a judge in a court deciding. You say, you can pick the Brandon electors or you can pick the Brandon electors. Take your choice. Yes, so, what they said, because, but, you know, so, but, but to so be point, Okay, I'm sorry. Is that, is, that, is that there is a constitutional process for raising an objection. Right. Arizona was the first objection. They yep. retired to their chambers to debate the objection. Mm-hmm. In that objection, the objection would say, based on the underlying circumstances of the, of the votes held out in the state and mm-hmm. all the problems, should mm-hmm. we choose um, slate A or slate A? I mean, if you don't have a choice, the objection is meaningless. I think why, the, the why point is they don't have a choice that they didn't have a choice. And how do you decide between? But not, not if been, they, go ahead. Who's no, they don't ahead. have a choice the if, being if, if they don't have the Trump electors in front of them. They have to be able to say, did. over here I have the Biden But they did have the Trump electors. And over here they I did. have the Trump electors. Uh, they did have the uh, Trump it, electors. It's the essential. state sent them in. The state legislature sent them in. But they're saying that – but the Democrats are saying it's, it's, it's a crime. Well, that, if, that's, if, their, if, that's how they keep the coup. That's the coup right there. Right, yeah. One of, my point is it's not a crime. It's a constitutional oh, necessity. Yeah, all right. So what it we're saying – so, let's, so let's, let's not think like Democrats. Let's spell this out for people so they understand. We've only got about three minutes left. <laughs> so there are two slates of electors in the battleground states. The, the Republican state legislatures – put forward Trump electors. By the Constitution, those should have been the ones counted. The Democrat governors and secretaries of state put in Brandon electors. Both slates of electors get to Congress. What's supposed to happen next, Jonathan? Somebody objects. They they consider the objection, and based on that objection, they say, look, I have have a slate of electors on the right hand of my desk, uh, I have a slate of electors on the, the left hand side of my desk. Okay. Which one do you want? Which one should we use? Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a Trump slate of electors, you can't do your constitutional job. So it now, is, is that implied, because Mike Pence disqualified them in advance before January 6th? Why didn't they have the Trump, Trump electors there? Because they're still out there. They're still viable. Because Mike Pence, because Mike Pence is an idiot. Okay, so now, so let's let's get this really clear. I think what you it sounds like you're arguing that the Trump electors don't exist. This is why I've been confused the last you know. No, I'm saying they're not. I'm saying they are a constitutional necessity. Okay, so now we got it. So the so let's retrace our steps one more time. The state legislatures in the battleground states put forward Trump electors. The governors, the Democrat governors and Democrat secretary of states, put forward Brandon electors. This happened on December fifteenth of twenty twenty. Mike Pence or anybody at that point should have said, hey, send us one slate. 
stop this two-slate stuff. He didn't do that. He waited until January 6th and then said, I have to follow the Constitution. We can only pick the Brandon ones. The Trump okay, ones what, you're, what you're saying is that Congress could have made the decision or they right. could have sent it back to the state and let the state make the decision, say, are you sure? Well, but the state could have made the decision up till January 6th. At that point, right, it's in the Congress, right? Right. But e- either way, you can't choose you know, a Big Mac or a Big Mac. That's All not right. a choice. I, okay, I know that. I understand that. But you've got two slates of electors, right? So what the Congress, what Mike Pence did was he said, you can't choose, even though you have two slates. What the whole point of January well, 6th Mike was Pence, to yeah. stop, well, the whole point of January 6th was to stop the Congress from considering the Trump electors. That was the whole in, point in, of January 6th. Right? Wait, wait, Greg, in every possible way. Okay. But that is the coup. What so Mike Pence yes. done was put the fraudulent elections. That's what he done. Right. I mean, it's just common sense. I got to go. Okay. Bye, Mickey. Thank you. So, but this is, I know we've been hashing, so for all the folks that are listening, I know this was kind of a tough discussion, but we really have to make it clear. I mean, Jonathan, I understand what you're arguing from. You're arguing saying what the Democrats did, but I really need people to know and understand this, especially our international listeners who are trying to figure this out. They need to know that there are two slates of electors that Mike Pence, that the, the states could have, should have, the state legislatures could have said, we're not going to certify the Brandon electors. Only the Trump electors are good. So the states could have done it there. Mike Pence could have said, hey, we're going to send him back. You guys give us one slate. Stop this two slate stuff. During the, uh, the congressional session, January 6th, they could have said, you know, they could have taken a vote. We're going to vote for the Trump electors or we're going to vote for the, the, uh, the Brandon electors. They didn't. So in other words, every step along the way, where they could have followed the proper procedure and the constitutional procedure, they violated it and went for the coup. That's what I'm saying. Every and they're also the now trying to, and they're also now trying to criminalize the correct procedure. Right. Now, the only reason they're trying to criminalize the Trump electors is because they know they are still viable. They know they are still a threat. Otherwise, why would you care? Because so they want to intimidate. Well, right. I would say because they want to they want to criminalize political dissent. So now they changed the counting law too. So th- they said this will never happen again. So what did they change? I, I Do you remember that. I don't. I don't know that they. I don't know. I don't. I, I wasn't sure. I, I wasn't aware okay. they finished that. So but, as far as we stand now, the Trump electors are still out there. The state legislature should certify them. They should void their Brandon electors. This isn't over yet. This is like the Korean War. You know, there's a ceasefire, but the the war hasn't ended yet. So what what are the options? What are the legal options to to fix this? Well, I mean, again, it all comes back to you need Republicans with spines. Um, Okay, we're not going to get that. All right, so forget what what, uh, they're going to do, but what are the legal options? I mean, Mike Mike Pence is as is as dumb as Joe Biden. Uh, Mike yeah, Pence is a, and I, and I know this before he became vice president, before Trump even ran, mm-hmm. I was, you know, aware of the fact that Mike Pence is a doofus. Um, and just like Joe Biden so who selected is on the Democrat. Who selected him? How come he didn't run with like Mike Flynn or somebody good? Of all the people because, to choose, why? You, <clears throat> go ahead. I, I don't know. That again, possibly. I think because some consultant probably thought, well, he'll bring the, the Christian evangelist on for Trump um, because yeah, but he's, a, he's a deep uh, state guy. He's yeah. That's, yeah. I think he was a plant. 
like all the other people in the White House that right. my, you know. Well, my, he's certainly a phony. Um, but yeah. the other thing is, you know, he's he he's he's no more a Christian leader than you know than I don't know what. But um, the thing, um, the the um, uh, oh, okay, I forgot what I was going to say. So so the thing the thing is they're trying to criminalize this and oh shoot I forgot what what I was going to close out with. Um, but uh, but yeah, so the thing is, is that they, um, like I say, they, they uh, my, my thinking is not only is it okay and not a crime for the, right. for the electors, the, the, alter, the alternate electors, so to speak, but there's no way for Congress to do its job if, there, if it doesn't have both sets of electors. What the Michigan electors did, what these other state electors did, was was impliedly a constitutional duty. Right. It's not. It, it's. It, it is. It is impossible for Congress to do the job the Constitution commands it to do without having two sets of electors in front of them. Saying on my right, I have one set. On my left, I have the other set. Which one are we going to choose? Yeah. See, that was what was confusing me. So, so the coup was in removing the Trump electors for consideration. That's the coup. That's how they ensured that Brandon would be uh, in the White House was by taking away the option of the Trump electors. That's what they did well, with the under the Capitol. I would say it right? would be a mistake to look at the coup as consisting of only one thing. Well, no, it's a lot of things. I mean, but it's still going on. But the fact that they're still pushing this and they're still worried about Trump electors tells me that the coup is shaky. That they that, that it's possible it could be either overturned or or they can all go to jail if Trump prosecutes them for for stealing the election, which they did. Right. The evidence is pretty and, overwhelming. Yeah. The other thing, and that's what they're scared of. The thing I was going to close out with again with the lack of Republicans who have any kind of um, you know Republicans are inver- invertebrate um, creatures like squids. Um, they are jellyfish. It is right. that the legislators complained that they did not have the power to call themselves back into session. Most state legislators have a, an annual schedule mm-hmm. where they meet, or the governor can call them into session. And the governors, being Democrats or DPRs, Democrats pretending to be Republicans, mm-hmm. um, they um, didn't want to call the legislature back in session to consider this question. I, I dispute that. I think that they are. I think that they're cowards and, and, and doofuses, because I think that they had the power to call themselves back into session. Because this is a federal responsibility. It's not a state issue. It's a federal issue. And under the federal constitution, Article Two, Section Two, I think that they had the power mm-hmm. to to meet and consider everything you're saying. But they, they complain, say, oh, we can't do that. You know, it's like the governor won't let us. Yes, they could. So, so those were the failings. We got multiple failings, and of course, there's always the Supreme Court case, too. All right, let's leave it there. Um, this is interesting, but uh, it's not over. That's the biggest thing. It's not over. The Trump electors are still out there, and, and the Democrats are still trying to arrest them, suppress them, get rid of them, all this other kind of stuff. It's fascinating. All right, sir. All right. Okay. Let's do it again next week. Thanks. All right. Talk to, talk to you. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Jonathan. Sorry. Right, there we go. Oh, no, you're fine. Listen, okay. we didn't. 
We didn't have Dorothy anyway, so, you know, we'll get her next week. But uh, this has been fascinating. So uh, hope you uh, all enjoyed our extended show. Um, and this uh, it really got exciting in the last 20 minutes. <laughs> you got three of us, Bianchi, Jonathan, and me. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think uh, Jonathan was speaking, you know, one way in terms of this is what is, is happening. And we're talking about what legally should happen. And just it, we kind of got crossed there a little bit. But that's okay. Listen to the podcast. You'll be able to sort it out. All right. Uh, Greg Pangles here for Action Radio. Back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time, when we do it all again. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.